نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على أنبياء أجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين أما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universes. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio. I'm going to uh, Revelation. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her jealousy. Who is this? Is this not the World Trade Building? Is this not the United Nations? Our people made rich by buying and selling here, if you don't believe me. Ask what's his name? Gaddafi. Not Gaddafi. Uh, Saddam Hussein. America told the whole world, don't tell them nothing. <coughs> what they call it? Sanctions. Sanctions. Cut them off. Like Revelation chapter 13 says, whoever doesn't have the mark of the beast will not be able to work, buy, or sell no more in beast. So a man can stand up and sell people, starve that man to death, and everybody's afraid to sell him stuff because they will be cut off. That ain't a revelation of revelation manifesting in front of your eyes. They know. A man said, Don't let him buy or sell no more because he doesn't want to wear the mark of the United Nations and fall on their law. Is that not happening? Am I making this up? Listen. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of fornication. People come over here from China in their clothes and in their tradition. They come from India, from Sudan, Egypt, London, Germany, Holland. Within a matter of years, they're out of their customs, out of their traditions, out of their food, out of their God, and out of their damn mind. If I your they get seduced by the fornication of this vicious house. You strip people. Heck, you know, you see about the Chinese people with blonde hair. Whole bunch of Negroes 
with pearls. And I would think it's not permanent. So they should call it a temp. For <laughs> so three months, you got to do it again. If it was a term, it would be there one time and there forever. So they lie to you. It's not a permanent, it's a temp. You would be. And then you're extending it. I hope I heard nobody's feelings. But there's a way. Let me go on down. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sin, and that ye receive not of her plague. That's what's going on now in the country. Plague, AIDS, herpes, syphilis, gonorrhea, and diseases, they're not mentioning to you. But you ain't ready for them yet. Food is dying. Hell in Georgia last month. Hell like this. Italy landslides, mudslides, earthquakes. More tornadoes in one year than ever in the history of the world. Right or wrong? Nature is shaking her shoulders. Look at these bugs, locusts. We'll be back in the book of Exodus somewhere. <laughs> death, the plague of death. People are dying. They said that AIDS is now called an epidemic in the black community. You hear me? Out of every seven people. Of the, of the whole United States, three of them to catch any of the black, between 14 and 44. Think about that. Is that not an epidemic? How do we stop it? Tell y'all to stop suing? I got grown kids. Tell them to stop suing like, okay, problem. <laughs> <laughs> you did it with love. <laughs> All the adults there know what I'm talking about. We come from a different day and time than you do. But we can see the play. The food is going bad. The crops are not growing properly. That's long term. There's no two in the computer. They got to recalibrate the computers in the year 2000. It's going to shut down all kinds of things. And that's billions and billions and billions of dollars are put up to reconfigurate the figures in the computer. And the country is banned by computers today. The world is the net or spider web on the back of the dollar bill. Yes, we are in the day of play. People walking around with all kinds of rashes. You can't identify the doctors can't identify them. Doctors seeing things in hospitals now they've never seen before. They look at that. Whoo. <laughs> that's serious. When a doctor goes, whoo. You got a problem. Doctors are resigning. 
I had a brother talk to me yesterday. I saw him in a restaurant. He said, Paul, I'm thinking about becoming a barber. I said, you want to touch people? You want to touch people's heads? With rashes and wingworms and all these diseases? You actually want to touch somebody's head? The art now is to avoid touching people. Be friendly. No kisses. No hugs. See, be polite. Don't touch me. <laughs> you understand the importance of that? Yeah. I'm afraid to get on the basketball court. It's frightening, man. You run a full court, you start sweating, niggas turn their head and that spit go in your mouth. <laughs> but it can't happen. Especially if we never got jerry curls up there. It's all greasy. And that thing about age, guess what? They don't say, no, it doesn't, it doesn't, age cannot be transmitted. These people here find out how age can be transmitted, then they tell us. Now they're saying, well, certain mosquitoes don't die immediately after they sing people. Certain, certain strands of mosquitoes that are moving to America from Africa. Why? Because the climate is changing. This is tropical. Look. This is tropical. There's going to be more insects. That means more diseases. More plagues. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But you were warned. You hear me? Dead. <coughs> For her sins have reached unto heaven. And that would be Orion. In the, in look, in the, look it up in the book, uh, uh, what do you call it? Locust Bible or online, bring the word up to look it up. And God has remembered her iniquity. The sins of the world have gotten so bad that they are sent like the, like the scent of incense burners, and God is remembering. Think about God is remembering her iniquity. I'll tell you. I don't want this. I want, I want this to tell you. There's another time in here where God got to that point. What did he say? The evils of man was evil continuously. So I must destroy this man. This poet is saying the same thing. That the evils have gotten to the point where they went to very alliance and God remembered when man was this evil before. When Solomon and Gomorrah and Jethro, and I was to Jericho and Babylon and the wicked city were ruling. Well, that's why they referred to this as Babylon. But they're taking you back to that point where they will have to destroy. And Babylon did not come after the Bible. The city of Babylon existed before the Bible. Read the Bible. You find out that this book is based on Judaic culture, not Egyptian culture. The Egyptians had a culture, like I said earlier, when Abraham got there, they didn't start with their Adams, but they didn't even know, uh, uh, what is it? The Pharaoh didn't even know who Moses' God was. He said, my God's name is uh, I am that I am. He said, really? Well, which one is he? It came out 
by the time they got to the book of Revelation, that the God that uh, his life was talking about was the God of Amun. Because Revelation 3, 14 says, they used the actual Egyptian deity Amun. And every Christian, at the end of every prayer, gives praise to Amun Ra. They say, Amen. Every Muslim gives praise to Amun Ra. He says, Amen. Amen. If you look it up, you find out that that is a Roman, the, uh, Egyptian deity, Amon Ra, the sun god. Want me to collate the sun to Jesus for you? Or do you all remember those facts? Huh? Well, you can match Jesus up with the sun. Exactly. The sun sets, Jesus dies. The sun raises, Jesus resurrects. Jesus walks the water, the sunlight walks the water. Jesus multiplies the bread, the sun causes horrors, horizons, horoscopes. Egyptian mysteries, Horus, that's your Jesus. Also called in Babylon or amongst the Sumerians, Amor. One and the same. People borrowing people's cultures and laying them over themselves the same way. The nation of Islam borrowed Islam and laid it over Christianity. And people really think they belong to a Muslim group. And if you study Arabic and read it, you'll find out that the 5% or the gods of the earth, they broke off from the nation of Islam to climate 13x, and now we have a fraction of a faction that will tell you they're right and be ready to fight about being right when they're wrong. Hello. You with me? Then how much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her. For she says in her heart, I am a queen. The word queen means prostitute. Look it up. And am no widow and shall not be sorry. This people they're talking about have went to Vietnam and caused the Vietnamese problems. Went to Hiroshima and Nagasaki and caused those people problems. Went to Panama and caused them problems. Went to Grenada and caused them problems. Now they're in India and they're in Arabia and they're in Iraq. Where don't they go and cause sorrow and hardship? And then those that nobody can take us down. And that what you said? It's easy, and I'm going with it. It's easy to find out who this is calling the devil and a wicked people. And it says, come out of her. Be not partakers of her sin. Let me tell you how you do not partake of her sin. You don't identify with her God or her devil. If you identify with their God, you must identify with their devil. If you believe in their God, you must believe in their concept of a devil. Now, if you say I'm a Christian, you hear me? If you say that I'm a, uh, a Christian, right, what do Christians believe about 
the devil. Well, he starts, you know, <laughs> according to Christianity in the Bible, where did the devil come from? Huh? He fell from heaven. Who created the devil? The next question would be why? So religion leaves you at that point where it does not make sense. Why would you create a being that's going to cause all of this to spawn on the world? They can't answer it. I say again, once you accept their concept of God, then you must accept their concept of the devil. Muslims have the same foolish belief, and so do Jews. You got to give them back all of their concepts and set the concept of belief and fact on what you have experienced. Now, if you have never seen a fine saucer, don't believe anybody who says they have, including me, until you have the experience. Now, you say, well, Papa, I love you. I want to trust you. Thank you. Don't bet on it. Only on the things I confirm for you. Now, you may say, well, man, for, since 1970, you've been teaching us and predicting events and all that happened. So more than likely, the next thing you say is going to happen. Fine. That's your own conviction. I am not going to tell you to believe in flying sources if you haven't seen. Who here has seen a flying saucer with their own eyes? See, some of us have. Some of y'all haven't. So we sound crazy to you. And you sound crazy to us for not believing it. With all of the stacks of evidence that the government shows you on television. They call it classified. The government created a whole called Project Blue Book and put a billion dollars in it. There's a whole boom there for a base that nobody could go into. Well, they're over there testing, um, no, no, they got, no. They're going to test something over to you on the people in Iraq. What are they doing with it now? Oh, the Roswell, that was just some dummies in a weather balloon. And it goes on and on, and millions of people all over the world are being abducted. And they all are saying the exact same thing and describing the exact same people, whether it's in Hindi or Arabic or Spanish or French or Italian or German, whatever language they're speaking, they say the same thing. They say little men. I think they're men. But they had no apparent sexual organs. With big heads. Some grayish or brownish in complexion. With large eyes and little slits. Some had five fingers. Some had four. Some had three. Some had like claws. Which means there's some type of uh, mutation or evolution or gravitation or genetic experiment going on amongst them also. But millions of people all over the world, not just crazy people, scientists, doctors, reverends, policemen, what else? Military presidents, Carter, our Georgia boy, confirmed he saw a UFO. And so did Reagan. And so did Kennedy. And so did Truman. And so did your boy Elvis Presley. And so did Jimmy Hendrix. And so did Marvin Gaye. There's a whole book of all the stars that saw them. 
you listen to their music and cry with them and make love to them. But when they say, I believe in the UFO, oh, he's going to say, what's going on? I say, I love that. I don't even know if I'm crazy. What are the chances of people all over the world speaking different languages who never come in contact with each other having the same experience? What is the chance? All these people got together and conspired. Why is the question? Why? What would be the reason? Why would a guy in Germany and a guy in Mexico have the exact same story out of the exact same story? What? How? In Puerto Rico, Chupacabra. How? And all these people in Puerto Rico, everybody in Puerto Rico is crazy, right? Farmers, villages who have no interest in the public or the media say, yeah, I saw one run by. A blood sucker, they call it. But y'all who haven't had the experience, look it up, call us crazy. We wonder why you haven't had the experience. Let me see them hands again. The ones who have had the experience, some type of UFO or, or phenomenon. I'm saying, you know, quite a few of us have. And frightening. Because when I was a little kid, and my sister's fine, she's out here right now somewhere. She'll tell you, when I was a little kid, I just disappeared for weeks. That's what she did. Is that true? What did y'all used to do? Tell the truth. Give her a mic to be told. What would y'all do? When you came back, you were spanking. <laughs> a spanking, they call it. Okay, when you just appear, we should take it. We didn't know what happened to him. We come back, we have, like, maybe nosebleeds and stuff like that. And um, he was, as a kid then, saying that he was abducted. And we were like, yeah, right. And he was like, this is true. Believe me. And he was a little kid, not knowing anything about it. There was no TV. No media about abductions and stuff like that. Don't tell them that. That's how old I am.
that you human beings are messing up, and you better turn around and change things before it's too late. Right? Yeah. What else? Anybody else? People come back with metallic objects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but people come back with metallic objects all over the place. I have one over there. That's where the blood came from. Huh? Showing signs of the future. They they sometimes project a screen for you to see, like they do me, and I can foresee things going to come in hundreds of years. I come tell y'all, and then they come back, come to pass. And then y'all still say, you're crazy. Who else? Do you know how many of them are walking on the planet Earth as human beings? Passing themselves off as humans? Mixing into society of man? Not only good ones. They want to use humans for food, some of them. Don't feel bad. Chickens feel that way about you. You just another part of the chain of life. You sit down and eat a a curly let go. How you think goats feel? You got them locked in your yard inside a gate. Raise them to kill them, to cut them, to eat them. And then when a couple of y'all get abducted and to make the judges put you somewhere and raise y'all to cut you to eat you, maybe they don't curry you or barbecue. They might have some other term they use. You feel like they're really right. Almost anybody on television says the same thing. It ain't right. You can't just do you just can't do that to people. Is that what they say? That's not right. They just came to my bed woman took me out and just did things to me. Some people liked it. Some people hated it. Everyone waits for the exercise late night. But it is happening. And then let's go let what, what does it mean when you wake up and you have scratches all over your body? I didn't hear you. What does it mean when you wake up and you have scratches all over your body? Could be you have a cat. It's <laughs> I'm just starting from the bottom. Okay. You got to start from the root. I don't know, really. So it could be a cat that's mad at you. Right? <laughs> I don't care. All right. There could be entities that are messing with you. They do have disembodied beings that do that do have the power to affect things on this side. And they attack people, shove people downstairs, scratch people up. There are a lot of dead people that did not make it to the other side. And they're roaming. People down Georgia here that were hung. Grabbed out their houses, some of our grandfathers, right folks in Brooklyn. That was some of young people too young. Anybody here over 35 or 40 that's from the South knows what I'm talking about. Where crackers came and grabbed them out their houses at night and hung, castrated, burned their relatives right in front of everyone's family. And nobody could do nothing. The trauma of that kind of death makes it impossible for the spirit to get to the other side. It can't make a smooth transition. They become in-embodied souls trapped on this side, and they terrorize. You know when they dug up Mega Evans' body? Remember his wife had it dug up? It was totally preserved, as if it never had been embalmed. Did y'all know that? Don't trust you know me. Don't believe me. Go check that out. You'd be amazed. When they dug up his body after that many years, his body was perfectly 
deserved. Will. He did not want to perish until the case solved. And they assumed his body and they solved the case. You understand? I bet you his body starts to wither now. That's the power of God in you. Not of God, you as God can make that happen. Can you imagine that? Every pharaoh would tell you his secret. And a hell of a lot to see. <laughs> Anybody else want to talk about it? Yes. Brother I have a question. What is more like advice? Um, but three weeks ago, I was, uh, experienced a ringing in my ear. I get them frequently, but this one was like intense. And now I can't hear, or it's like pressure is in my left ear. I was wondering if anyone come to you all the time, all the time, and especially around this part of the year because of the pollen. See, there's a lot of pollen in the air, more so than ever, because there's a, a, what do you call it? a, a cloud mass that's keeping the pollen in. The pollen, because of the, the weather we had, all the plants are overdeveloped. So a lot of people are pouring into the hospitals with sinus problems, colds like you wouldn't believe, headaches, migraines, ringing in the head, and it's because of the pollen. The pollen I'm not saying that's your case. But you actually have I heard of anyway, when I do I say yes, I go take the contract and the ring and it go away. Mm. And it's okay. And they go take the contract and they tell me, Oh, the ring went away. Yours might be something different. I don't know. It's like I don't know, I'm thinking maybe you have a hole in your ear? Yes. Hold for them or what? On the right. On the right ear? Okay, go ahead. It's like I'm I'm afraid. Don't, don't be afraid. I don't want to go to the doctor. Don't be afraid. The doctor can't tell you nothing. That ring in your ear is a line. People with holes in their ears. Over here, some have one, some have two. That those are people that are going. Uh, for, I'm trying to give another word for it. Uh, I, I can't think of anything else other than the word counselor. When when the elders come, when God comes, right, and the voice of God is spoken, it's going to be in sound, not in language. And these people who are being aligned are going to be the ones that tell people where to go. Those are chosen people, and they will be said. You'll hear voices in their head. Now, some people hear voices in their head now and end up in the nut house. <laughs> but the reality of that is that it's a fact that people can hear voices in their head. You understand my point? <laughs> the fact that doctors will put people in the hospital and put them on certain types of uh, medication because doctors have come to the conclusion that yes, certain people do hear voices in their head. Right, Bon? Yes, they do. And have went out and killed people because the voices said, go kill somebody. Say again? And they'll blame it on Tupac. Remember that one, right? You know, this is the reality. Go ahead. And um, they um, camouflage into human beings. Right? They're people. No, no. They're beings that are descending to earth as mm-hmm. terrestrials, disagreeable, right? In the form of human beings, not descending into human beings. They uh, they won't come in and take our bodies. They're not walking. They are acting people that are here on earth like heads of record companies, heads of the movies, 
controlling the lives of many people. I'm not going to say Michael Jackson, but everybody wants me to say Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson is confusing. I ain't talking about the people that are in power, like Bill Gates, right? Who's controlling when he when he held back? How many people in the computer? The other day when he held back Windows 91, anybody went what? He was like affected emotionally. How dare him hold back Windows 98? I need that. What? I'm kidding. Really, kids are having emotional effects. He was like waiting to go to the store. Cars, I can gas, cheat. We're going out to the video store and get to 98. And I would have been the rest of your day. Put it in, start it. And they held it back. So wait a minute. We're not sure we're going to release it. That's why we're not going to frustrate anybody. Then Bill Gates said, okay, it's going out. What's the point? Control. Mind control. But it's just. All right. Uh, what I was trying to lead to was. Just to prove that you can see these beings that are camouflaging themselves. What is happening to They're you? They're not camouflaging themselves, Sandra. They're walking around every day with you. I can point out some of them. The guy comes on stuff all the time. He teaches all the stars about how to make money and all that. Oh, oh, oh. You can see he's a binary. About almost seven feet tall. He's a the whole lot of so many of them out there now, and they are controlling the lives. Hell Ron Hubbard, they control Dianetics, these are organizations, the Scientology movement, these are groups of extraterrestrials from the Blakeheads or Aldebarians or Ashtar Commanders incarnated here and are staring people down a certain direction. And they become extremely numb. Just about she don't need to know. I have another related question. Okay. All right. I'm pretty sure you know about the book of Barbara. I sure do. Barnabas. Where it says Barnabas. 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 Yeah, they took that to purpose. So you don't understand Bar and Nabus, what it means. But My question is, which son is actually the seed of the blessed child is? Is it Isaac or is it Israel? Okay, Isaac is the rightful heir. That's, that's according to the Tanakh or the Torah and the Talmud writings of the so-called Jews. Isaac, Ishmael is not the rightful heir. Only further down in history did they say in, about the sons of Ishmael that there will be a mighty nation, 12 princes, and the tribe of Kedar shall, shall breed a great nation. Kedar which is the second son of Ishmael, gave birth to Muhammad of 1,400 years ago in Arabia and took the Arabs out of a backward state, if you ever read up on Islam, the state they were in, and civilized them only for them to be invaded by Turkish in them, take over Islam, and turn it back to the barbaric terrorist religion it is today. That was Isaac is the rightful son. And Ishmael was later as a wild ass of a man because remember, uh, Ishmael was the son of Hagar, and Hagar was the daughter of the Pharaoh. That was a special gift. So they knew that the seed of Ishmael would come out of her and set up and mixed in with the seed of Midian. And Midian's seed came from Abraham's third wife, Kitorah, and she had six sons. And that's when Moses went to Midian to get taught by them before he went to Egypt. So he got taught by Ishmaelite about Ilion, Ilion, El, who later on became known as Yahweh, good and evil. 
all that was done to the Ishmaelites to the Ishmaelite seed, but the covenant was made was made with Ishmael. I mean, I mean, with Isaac to uh, Israel Jacob, according to the Bible. The Muslims can say anything they want. Fourteen hundred years, for thousands of years after I write the book, <laughs> what would Muslims have said if the Bible wasn't there and they weren't trying to establish a new religion? You follow me, what I'm saying? That, in fact, I graduated from the University of El Azhar in Egypt, specializing in Islamic studies and Semitic languages. So Arabic is one of my languages. So in reading the studies and uh, doing the research in Arabic, you find out the Muslims in America don't know what they're talking about. And I taught Muslims Arabic for 25 years, and they still don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> when, By the Islamic uh, faith, man. Is there such thing as Shabbat? Yes, there is a such thing as Shabbat. Again, Shabbat is a Hebrew practice that Muslims took in and pushed it to Friday and called it Yamul Juma. The word Yamul Juma really simply means Yom Day El Juma, to gather. But Shabbat is also in Hebrew a day of gathering. So the Muslims set it up on Friday at 1 o'clock and they go to the masjid and they have a imam give a khutbah, a lecture, community fair, pay zakat, and go home. That's a Christian practice. Come to church, hear a sermon from a prophet, pay your tithing, and go home. Not even Islamic or Hebraic culture. Whereas the Jews, 19 minutes before sunset on Friday night, they enter into a state of Shabbat, which means desisting, not resting, desisting from activity to give all due to the Most High for the blessings that He gives you. And then 19 minutes before sunset on Saturday, they break the Shabbat and light a candle and break the bread and drink the wine, which is supposed to be. That's where the Christians got Jesus said, the, uh, the wine is my blood, and the bread, bread is my flesh. There is a Shabbat, and we are supposed to keep the Shabbat. You follow? Because it goes back all the way to Genesis, way before Abraham or Moses never even had a book. So it's, it's, it's recognized as a Judaic practice, but it goes back to the Samaria. And that goes back to when Cain and Abel was asked by the Anunnaki to prepare a meal to test which way their natures have gone because they were product of cloning of agreeable quitlite and I mean disagreeable quitlite and agreeable hamilite. When they mixed these two seeds to come out with a perfect person, they were testing them to see with effort. So they told both sons, go prepare a feast for the God. And one son threw it together like a chicken pot pie white, and another one breaks the bread from the ground from the from the so the man looked at the man looked at the woman who baked the bread from from the and said that woman put love and care into I accept that woman but the woman that goes in the closet and takes the fridge and takes out a frozen dinner and pops it in a box the man goes like this that's what the, that's what the Cain and Abel story is about and that goes all the way back that that day that Cain uh, was rejected or not respected and Abel accepted was the day of rest because of Cain killing Abel. The gods grieved because they considered it their responsibility. 
And don't let nobody say that God's so sweet because Jesus cried at the tomb of Lazarus. They'll say, you mean, you always have an answer for them when you say, like, the God's here, the God's so sweet. Then why would Jesus be crying? And why did God say, regret me not kill his man? That was another regret. Because they felt when they came to Cain, before he killed Abel and so Cain, all you got to do is go back in the kitchen and put your best in it. But if you don't, evil is lying at the door waiting for you. In other words, you're going to get madder and madder. It says right in the Bible, but his consonants drop. You know what that means? He started soaking like we niggas do when we get mad. <laughs> and when we start soaking, when our consonants drop, we lose control. We find ourselves doing some things that we never thought we would do, and we regret forever. That's what that story is really talking about. All right? Go ahead. Say that again. Say it again. I hear. Jealous. Jealous. Blessed is the such as a jealous God. When God says, worship me and me alone, what is he saying? First of all, he's confessing that there must be other gods to Jesus. See, in Islam, they make the statement, and they say Allah is the most merciful. And the question should be out of what? Because if you're the only God, and the only God with that kind of power, then you should have no fear of rivalry. If I, if I was the only cowboy, I don't have to worry about there being no other cowboy. But if there's other cowboys, and I want your full attention, I say have no other cowboy, because if you do, I'm jealous. Because I'm the cowboy that gave you your cowboy suit. I made you my image after my likeness. You don't go off to no other God. That, that confession in the Bible tells you there's other gods. That God is worried about them. That God, and I'm jealous. Don't worship nobody but me. How can God get jealous of another being? Unless this, there are other beings equal to them. Muslims say all the time. They say, I bear witness what? There's only one God, him alone shall you worship. Right? La ilaha illallah. There's no God but Allah, they say. Why would I have to keep saying that? I worship Allah alone. I worship Allah alone. There's no God but you. There's no God. You are Akbar. Allah Akbar. What is the translation?
That's why when you ask the Muslims to translate the word Allah, they say Al-Illah, the God. You see, that's a definite article, a noun. A noun is a person. So how can he be the God, a noun, and then be a lady in Arabic unseen? Anything that is a person, place, or thing can be seen. So the Quran and next verse says to believe in the baby, the unseen thing, something, nothing. See that? Something. Density, weight, content, the sum. They spell it S O M E when they want to spell it S U M. G-H-I-N-G, something. Anything that is something has weight. You follow that? Anything that exists without weight is nothing, no thing. No is abbreviated N-O as number without weight or content, before hydrogen. So the divine exists in a world of nothingness. And we exist in a world of something, and then something. And God is the something, and we are the some. And that's why we are called beings, and he's called the supreme being. You follow? And that is all on the physical side of things. But to get to the bosom, you must get past the physical world and into the ethnic world, which is nothing, no weight, no density, no space. And if they say that's impossible, then tell me how love makes people kill each other. You can't weigh love, right? But you can feel love, and a broken heart can kill a man, give a man a cardiac arrest. His heart will, will cease to function because a woman leaves him or vice versa. And they call and they'll say, he died of a crack, broken heart. Where the untangible becomes tangible. It affects the tangible. series of tapes, Psychology versus Theology, were recorded from classes held this year with the master teacher, Dr. Malachi Bjork, also known to us as Naya Malachi Zaduk L and Abinu Raka, our own self. Now listen with an open mind and heart as our grandmaster inflames you with only the truth. Allow your inner life to flow again and stamp out misinformation with only the facts. And now listen to the Supreme Grandmaster, Naya Malachi Zaduk L. <laughs> And he said, after God put it by, and he said to that, I heard thy voice in the darkness, and I was afraid. Because I was naked, and I hid myself. Why does Adam say God would not recognize or see nakedness as shame as God created Adam naked? So when they show the creation of Adam, and then he takes, they go a man the ground, let's come together, and buy it, and let walk away. So God didn't see uh, Adam's <laughs> <laughs> God, 
doesn't see you when you're in the shower. God don't see you when you're in the bathroom. Wait a minute, he holds himself off from certain places. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to draw something. You know, that's all I want to do is draw something. Why do I got a couple more lines there with it? Just want to draw something, all right? Because if you want to go back and read this at home, you're going to see a lot of little things there. God throws something in it. God is hiding. You understand what I mean, though, right? Mom, man, you're back. I don't know how to help you do it. Okay, you need to go back. And he says, now let's check this. God said, and he said, who told me that I was sent? God is asking the question. Okay. He asked, who told you that? See, God knew that they should have known that they were sent. You see that? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded? And now, this is a commandment. There are at least 11 commandments, not a hand. But I just said one here, and this is not an answer. Don't talk about the 10 commandments. The first one right here is in Genesis, chapter 3, verse 11. God says, I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat. So it means man does have the will to go contrary to what God commands. So God does not have the power to make men do things? Huh? That's how Exodus says. Exodus says, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. He changed the way the battle comes. God came down to earth and battled all the time. He changed the way the people talk. So why did God do that here? Well, this is in the God. It's maybe God was the same power that God. Because what God, what us, somebody walking on God. Right? And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? He said to man. He said, Don't miss me now. It's called clearly. Here's my top. I didn't say it. But it's not. And the man said, The woman who you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the dream. And I did it. Oh, and I did it. Like what these Christians do, and then accept it. 
Because it sounds like if you congregate all day, and I'm just going rich. And now that we are waking up, coming out of a coma state, that is being deceived. When God sees it, you take this story, who are you now? And you take this story to your local church, they're going to stone you, you know. They're going to say, What manner of blaspheming mercy is you listening to? Come and hell with that stuff. You better not bring that stuff in the bed. They don't want me out of here. Just have to go wrong. Continue straight down for a bunch of more stuff where you say the devil sees the one sees. How does the devil get a seed? Snakes don't have seeds in their eggs. The serpent here is not a snake. So how do you get on the devil falling around? And eating dust. Snakes don't eat dust. Now, the last part of that. After Adam and Eve ate of the apple, did they die? Did God say, when they eat, they're going to die? Did the devil say, that's not true? Who was the liar? I'm not telling you to believe the devil. I'm saying you either want to listen to God and you either want to listen to the devil. It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap. Something is really tough. But we don't realize that we are God and that we are the devil. Human beings. There's good amongst us and there is bad amongst us. There's white devils and black devils and white angels and black angels. You're not a hard time finding white angels. <laughs> Quantum Yourself, 
I'm taking you to quantum, and now I move back into all. And I'll meet you down there later. <laughs> now, line, folks, if you need me to stand here, we'll be standing at another point in quantum. If I'm saying I've been made here, I'm going to go first. Folks, how far can we go? No, we can't. We can just keep going. We are. Infinite. Don't fall for it. Infinite is infinite. Infinite is infinite. Infinite is infinite.
and a rock that we call in The word peace means earth, where the word Yahweh is Yahweh. The word men comes from Illu, the way the Muslims stole the word Allah from the ancient commands of the sky, Illu. And the word in, this is a symbol of no nobility or descendants. Alright? One has been placed over the earth, and one has been placed over the heavens. And uh, Anu is the ruler of the heavenly sky. They were placed in specific points, while the Bible says God is God of the heavens and the earth in the point. About, this is where the Tetra Hebrew, in Hebrew is coming from. But the Jehovah Witnesses are using and, and using wrong. They're not doing their research to find out that the Torah, especially the first seven chapters of the Tanakh, as we say in Hebrew, was taken from the book called the Inumah The seventh chapter was taken from the third as a Gilgamesh epic, who tells the story of Noah as a certain official, the real story. The other one is called the Inumah Inish. I know. And he went on Elu, went on high. I mean, before we came to earth, we had records called Akasha. When we came to earth, we kept records. These records were taken by mortals, sold by an individual called Sued, from the word Sin, where they were Sin from, which represents the moon deity again. What is moon deity? Stole the records and plagiarized the book you're calling the Bible, the Old Testament. And the reason why the Inumayish consists of seven tablets is because that is the, the number of the mystic number of this body. Seven days creation, seven years, seven acts, what they are in the memory of the fact that they stole seven tablets. And made this part of what he said, this is crap. They took our story, messed them up, added to them, and, and they don't even make sense when you analyze the tablets. Because the stuff find out who created them, it comes out of God made them. You find out, find out where, where the devil was when after the fourth earth was shaped. He had to be under the sea because he saw God holding above the water. So the sun of God was moving above the water. When we can see that, it's going to be deep in water. You start pointing the energy, I will tell you. And I just start pointing things that don't make sense because they played you out wrong. The same way the five percent came in, took the teachers of all the lives on the book, all lessons, changed them up, made mistakes, and now they got to reinterpret their own way. It don't make sense because Crown 13 doesn't fit it out of the law. Nowhere. They got to go back to Quran and then come back to Quran and Elijah Muhammad is nothing. Quran said, next, how did he fit it? Well, he decided to come up. There's no way in lessons. Don't, don't fit it. Show me the lessons. Show me the one point. 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 It's not there. That's what they did. And the problem is, when people make reference to the Bible, you know what we haven't done yet? And ask them about the truth in the Bible. So they'll say, well, what happened in the Bible? Abraham did this. He said, who is this here? I'm telling you that I'm not proving this right. They never found Jericho. They still found the money. She was a terror, and you're right now, I'm found. You know the story. They can't find Solomon's war. They don't know where. I asked the Muslims, where exactly was Adam created? Exactly. Give me a geographical location. Where? They don't know. Where did North Ark land? Exactly. They did not believe they did not go away. There's no way to do it. They made up a mountain. Where did Moses meet God and Mount Sinai? Where is Mount Sinai?
and they that wait shall be their hands, that they may fit. So we have power there. You follow that? I got one more question. Jesus, 
And they came out of the smoke smoking. Locusts don't fly through smoke, no insects. Locusts. Upon the earth, they came out of smoke and came in the land on earth. And they came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power. Someone gave locusts power? All of them were given power as a softening of the earth our power, number four. And was commanded then that they should not hurt someone else, a locust, not to hurt something. Shall not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their forehead. So somebody commanding these locusts to came out of the earth. And tell them, don't mess with the trees, many of us just human beings who are not the mark. Now, also, at 13, they think about the mouth of meat. Go on. And then it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. Total radiation for us, five months. And the torment was as a torment of a scorpion when he strikes a man. When a man is stung by a scorpion, he swells up, he gets up. No. And in those days shall man seek them and shall not find them. For nothing. They'll want to die when their body was healing and the skin is falling off from the, from the bones. Okay? And those days man shall seek them and shall not find them. And shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. They'll be allowed to lay and suffer. And the shape of the locusts were like unto horse prepared for battle. Locusts don't fly in formation. They don't get around with the locusts up. And on their heads were as the crowns of gold. They saw the sun's light reflecting off the gold of the windows of the clouds. They were flying in formation because you need gold in them for the sun. Understand that? And their faces were the faces of men. I will fight when go on in this. Now that is on the faces of men to see on this. Obama? And they hear as they hear of a woman. And their teeth were the teeth of mine. They had three strange ones. They look like human beings. So they were And they had best flesh. You look up and saw the iron on folks. You know what that looks like? But about if it's a middle class and I'm John, some dirty in the year '96. When I look up and I see all the smoke, I see these things come out of my eyes, smoke flying in formation. They look like a, you ever see the, what do you call thing, the Concord Jet? It's like a large grasshopper. When the Jeep was created by France for war, but right now they use for domestic transportation. It's too loud to fly over those things and too fast. It's a war weapon, which will be. Very important, like the one who did this. I need all of us. In this Bible, there was about all these events and taking things like that. Say nothing. Flying forces coming here, the Revelation 21, it's all in there. Not the men in Jesus. A whole city coming, prepared for you. If you are prepared, life of God is coming. If you're a group, that is good. You get yourself there. Jump, you won't go. Not your time to be married, you won't go. They call it the marriage of the land. And it tells you there that Jesus will be on where it comes. And that he will be there with his God. 
Jesus is in charge there. Because he'll be there when he gets down. You see? All right there. Yes, in the back. Why, why do you need to 
phonetically altered when they want to talk Greek and Latin and different languages to speak like German and Polish and Jewish and moving around. But the first letter is the G, not the R. R is a thing to be a good the word of the Alright? When they, they just draw pictures of Jesus years ago, I haven't seen my reason, but that was the thing. They all draw pictures of Jesus, and they have a little talk done here. And they show him pointing like this. And he put his hands like this. He's presenting you with the knife of Columbus, referred to as a sacred heart. Somebody put his hands on your temple. Alright? Knight of Columbus, he's seated on the Northern Logic, the Freemason, as the Alhambra. Then Islam is large, introduced the idea. The Islam Lodge of Moors called Alhambra, because the Alhambra Mosque in Spain, before the Arabic order got introduced in America in the 18th century. By 17th century, most people get the shrine for the first one here. No, the Moors initiated Abraham and George Washington's side in the Moorish Lodge, but that was in the night of Columbus, but they were all Catholics on the Spanish They were not Christians or Presbyterians. They became Freemason. Freemason didn't hear until after that. And the shrine that they're, they're coming from into America now, the so-called ancient Arabic shrine, is the white. Ancient Egyptian Arabic shrine is the black. The Egyptian part is Arabic. So it was the more us who initiated them in Alhambra, right? That branch of our doctors long before Freemasonry got into their genes. The last month of that Abraham got inducted in the Masonic Lodge. And he was in a wait a minute. Didn't the book say it was on the line? He just got here in 1887. I didn't have it. Because the uh, Nancy and uh, Robert Cushions did go back and forth or something. Now, that's what's so in my mind. I'm not going to be upset. I want to know what was the exact direction of the Okay, now I feel like I lost the same heart of the Alright. There is a central sun in May. Here. The Hindus and everybody refer to it as a, the, the crown and the deep chakra or a hot chakra. I always told you that it actually can be seen as a light sometimes when they enter the chest. It actually seems that it moves right here. But if you drink alcohol, taking alcohol with it, you get a burning sensation like it's clearing up. Now, this power of light is different in different people. Some people have a more greater. And then it was also called from then into uh combustion where it can cause the fuse to bring outside gas and working the stove. Your kids don't have a power on. Let me know. Like it's in the rest of the stove, when you get on, there's a child. I always get back on when you when you what they call they say stove. Right? It's the same word. You follow that? It's all the same word. It's the second sun. It's inside here. It's our side, it's our soul. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's this. If you ask me, it's a fire. Yes, it's a form of fire. The question I raised years ago in the house is how many kinds of fire are there? And I told you, it's a gas fire, there's a wood fire, and a coal. How many kinds of fire? It's a unique kind of fire. It's not really about wood, but it needs oxygen to burn. And you get that oxygen as you breathe in. And it fuels in your lungs. Yeah. Yeah, talk about how the 
all your books for us. Oh, yeah. so
But when you drive across country and you don't analyze the chemical plants that's in and out, as you're driving, you breathe this chemical, and you breathe this chemical, and you breathe this chemical, and if any three of these chemicals mix together, due to some kind of a bacterial germ, by the time you hear your cough and you don't know why. This is what happens. The sandstorm in the south of the planet, the ecology of the planet, right now, the planet is in a total sham. Every place but where you're standing. That's our forces seem to be working around New Orleans. Every place Caucasians are right now on the planet, there is suffering. There is blood. There is wind. There is storm. There is hurricane. Back to back. There is downfall inside hell. Falling just the other day. While we're talking right now, the news is on. Some other part of the planet where Caucasians are. This is not just taking place in America. It's taking place in Russia. It's taking place in Australia. It's taking place all over the planet. I'll tell you, they had an old brown hole just opened up. It's not affecting the Aborigines. It's affecting the Caucasians. Nature is wiping it out. And I'm saying that today that because we are different chemicals on different parts of our planet, because the planet broke off from something else, the winds of the vortex is carrying chemicals and poisoning the air more and more. And our atmosphere is constantly changing. They gain more ultraviolet, more gamma, and it in itself is like taking things and putting a pot and cooking it and watching things. We are so mature, we metamorphosizing into some new kind of creature. Human beings are changing, even the way they look is beginning to change. Because the environment will change the way they look. If the air continues to get sick, the nostrils will, will, will tend to expand. If that sick air, has a lot of dust in it, more hair will go out in If as the winds get heavy and sand, your eyes will change. Then all the audience audience don't have chinky eyes, they lack this, it's a big difference. That's another one in change, chinky eyes. They don't have chinky eyes, they lack this. Get eyes, okay? So as the planet stated, we are the people that human beings are changing. We're getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Human beings are not as tall as they should be. Not as wide as they do. Now people are slowly but surely disappearing. People here were can't hear anymore. Anything is what. Every time somebody says something to you, huh? You can't hear anymore. You can't see. People who don't wear um bifocals or glasses are switching the table. Why? Because of the amount of fumes and poison and coils in the atmosphere in the eyes and the scientific. You are guiding. You're getting sicker and sicker every year, and there's nothing you can do. They can take you right now, isolate you, and have you sit up. If you stay, stay there for a week, you can sit, sit up maybe uh, a glass full of black stuff that's inside your lungs. If they can get you to clean out your bowel system, your colon, it's still way up in your bloodstream, and this is why you're sick, you got headaches, you are dying. I mean, it's not about the white man cutting your head off. Mother Nature is killing him and it's affecting you. But he is dying faster than you. We knew that. Amorites are dying like you would not believe. You know what I'm saying? They're trying everything they can to protect their death, but they can't. That's what uh, the storm and stuff is going on. And he is forced to, to, all, to change this, the ecology. He's forced to hit the sky. Every six to seven days, he hits the sky. That means when you look up, you see these jets and you pull the clouds together, but it can keep the rain. It cannot let the sun continue because it'll kill it. And he's trying to stay south as long as he can. Don't go north. He's going north. Stay south. 
He will have to get out of here. He cannot take the sun.
But it's a reality that we got to confront. And we got to face because scientific evidence is going to prove everybody in the religious community wrong because they didn't anticipate a computer. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't anticipate the role of and we said that wasn't any agenda when the Bible was being written. When the Quran was being written, they the Bible around in a computer and analyze word for word and see all the scientific evidence. We didn't know that was happening. Anything was done back then by word of mouth. A great scholar said that he talked or he read from some treated books. And no one was able to say exactly what does that word mean and where does it come from. That was all part of reaching people. When it comes to a people, and that people have been programmed to believe in the doctrine that the brother said, he's hard to decide, my brother said, you're hard to come on, I have no problem. When they're programmed, if you go against that brain, you're a bad person. Before they even think about living in Then you cannot even get into their house to relate to them. If I came from Muslim family today, let me tell you something. A lot of the female, the feminist, a lot. What would they say? Fuck the laws in over the land Get out of my house. So, you like one thing about our people, but it's so easy turn against you. Remember? You gotta come in and sit down with them. That's why they said Master Father Muhammad came and started loving them and ate with them. That's the methodology for getting inside people talking. If I ask a woman's body, mitochondria DNA, which predates man by a thousand years, when woman was God. Woman's body has a defense mechanism in it. Do we agree? Yes. Like a man's body. No, what i Well, if you take alien blood from anybody, I'll make this right, and inject it into a woman, in six to eight weeks, her blood will overflow that alien blood. You know, that's why they have to be very careful with transfusions that they get people who have the same type of blood because your body will reject it. Now, transplanting organs has proven that to be a fact. That if they give you someone else's heart, the problem is always what? Rejection. Why does it reject you? Because your body has a built-in mechanism for it to defend itself against alien properties of all kinds. All right, and then, if a man and a woman are together, sexually that is, when a man releases semen into the woman, it's what? It's alien to her. What is the first thing her body thinks to do? Protect. But they found out, scientists, that there's a certain part, part of the brain that triggers and it releases a serum that creates an egg inside the womb of the mother. It's an egg or a bag, a pouch. You follow that? And the baby or the fetal is in this bag. And it's kept in a lubricant lubricant of water that is producing a hormone so that it is actually fighting against her invading the baby and killing it. When the, when the, when the brain does not figure this properly, you hear me? And it doesn't send enough of these defense mechanisms, there's a miscarriage. Right? If too many of these things get in the bloodstream and into the baby, when the baby is born, within six to eight weeks, there's cradle death. It's still a tax baby. They'll tell you they don't know what cradle death is, because they don't know. <laughs> but it's a scientific fact. So now, what actually happens is, the baby in the womb of the human female as a mammal is living in a stack of water. Has anybody here been raised on 
because of the four quarters, which is just symbolic because of what makes sense but you think about reproduction, the mitochondria DNA, this is day stuff. So the real name in ancient Egypt was Huti, which became in the Semitic language, Ua and Ina, because this was, this was called neutral gender, there was no gender. Ua means E or it, and Ina means E or it. That Huti, when the yard was put against it, for the head, and it became master, became Yahoo. Then it took the gradually moved the female goddess out, and men came in, and then we became God when she was God. She was the mother. She ruled mother and, and matter is the exact same word. And the word mat, and the word man is heretic, and ta refers mat and ta. Mat means divine justice, and ta is the planet Earth. Right? Right. Mother and matter are all the same words. You say remove the pylon, which is the M, and you get the other being. You understand? That was the woman. She being is God. We are her children. Right? She was first. She had all the brains. It was concentrated effort by religious dogma that removed the woman's brain surgically to give her an inferiority complex and to set down by removing the third mother and adding the word wife. And as we go through all the Semitic languages, the word for wife is never known, I think that there's no such word for wife. They use the word Simra'at from the word Mara'at from the word Amir, meaning ruler. Or they use the word Zoe, which means uh, copy or duplicate. And it's a master word, there's no feminine. So the male is a copy or the difference. There's no word for wife. And the word for mother was own, which is all. Therefore, women are for God. We may not like this man, you got this male children complex. They are of God. And we have got to recognize our women for what she is. And come down off his male shoulders and stuff that we don't know what we're doing. As a mother knows how to run the house, right? knows how to take it. She's got it in her nature. We don't. And the first group of people that's wise enough to make the woman the God and make the woman the ruler are going to be the most successful people on the planet. As long as men are ruling, there's going to be chaos because the conflict is always men against men. Ain't no woman in the nation of Islam spoke out against our black violence until the men did. It's men that are jealous of men. So if women were ruling, then they would pick and choose who they want. You see that, brother? You see that, sister? That's why men don't want you to rule. Because if you rule like the power of unquestionable authority, you might not pick that nation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you had your choice, I would put nobody on the spot. If you had your choice, you might not be sitting next to that nigga there. You might have told something better. But no matter the keep control. But as long as we keep control, we made a choice. That's the biggest thing. Women today are still having children without men.
teaching to be valid, teaching to be proud but not boastful, not ego-tripping, kind but not so kind as to give away everything that a family needs, but extremely wise. A wise woman outweighs a man with understanding. You know that? But if you sisters have been sitting back and letting it be us, Dr. Ben, Dr. Khalid, Dr. Jeffrey, Dr. Malachi Leoff, Minister Farrakhan, Reverend Ike, you know what I mean? Uh, Yahweh Ben Yahweh. What else? Sweet Daddy Day, Planet 1336 of Summer X. Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King, not Queen. Well, Father Divine, the Prophet, Noble Du Ali, the Honorable Messenger, Elijah Muhammad. Campo, Biso Campo. Now, long we can go on. Marcus Moses, Davi, Haile Selassie, the great lion of Judah, the emperor, the emperor. That wasn't a joke, that was a mistake. You with me? Who? Mandela. Imagine what his wife went through. I think, brothers, if you look at the world and how long we've been doing it and how poor of a job we've been doing, if we start letting the woman do it, then there'll be a change. Of Allah on all of his prophets. 
and his apostles, and on the Messiah, the anointed one, and on the Mahdi, the guide, and on the Mujaddid, the reformer, which was all sent from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. You are now listening to The True Light with As-Sayyid Al-Imam Isa Al-Hadi Al-Mahdi. Understanding that the cherubim of the negative angels and the seraphim of the positive angels, and they are people who are spiritual descendants of these two natures, then why is it so hard for the people who feel that they are of the seraphim to dwell in the tabernacle? All of those people that are seraphim are magnetically attached to the community, regardless of how far they travel or what they see, or where they go, they have this desire to come into the tabernacle. Anyone who is at the door of the tabernacle is just listening, like the Quran says, there are angelic beings who listen at the door when the Holy Quran is being recited, only to take those recitations out and pervert them. Many people, whether they're black or white, have become cherubim when they were seraphim by nature. Even the angel himself, Azaz and Lucifer, was an angel of pure light. He chose to go bad. So black people can go bad. So when you stall at the gate, Shaitan gets the best of you. He catches you when your consonants are down. He stands at the door, it says in Genesis, and waits for your consonants to drop. He waits at your weak point. He sends out slanders like he did to Job. He kept sending different men in his image to tell Job how the Lord has killed his family. And he kept saying, I alone have survived to tell you this. You've got to be careful because many people who have the essence of a seraphim, a seraphim are, are the pure archangels for those who want to know, and the cherubim are the wicked angels who fought against them before judgment. Many of them transform from angels of pure light into angels of fire and never even know it. Still say they're Muslim, still with the God, still say they're praying. That's another mistake. A lot of pale Arabs tell people that Shaitan doesn't pray. That's not true. Shaitan will pray. And his evil servants will also pray. And they will come in a mosque and pray next to you. They will read with you the Quran. They will try to guide you through the scriptures their way. They'll not guide you on the Surah al They'll not guide you to the covenant. They'll guide you their way. And they'll keep on telling you this is how it really is. This is true Islam. This is the real way because the majority of the educated Arabs accept it. All those people who are educated in those different universities of Islam are not the ones Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides. Those are the ones that professors and teachers of different schools of thought guide. It's a big difference. So the point I'm trying to make is a seraphim knows where he belongs and goes there. His father, that's why he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When that spirit was restored to David, when he had his soul restored, he said he restored my, my soul. Then he followed by and leading me to the path of righteousness for his name's sake. You see that? And he also left by saying I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I'll dwell outside with my opinions. And you better be very careful, especially you people in there who might be sincere, about those people who sit at the door of the community. They've been in, they observe a certain amount, and they sit at the door and pretend they're here, and they're out teaching, dressed like us, pretend they're us, never have no intentions of being in here. They're more of the devil's children, they are of Ansar. They have came in and have turned back. The Quran refers to them as the Munafik. 
the monasticon or some people translate it as a hypocrite or the real word is monastic means to divider, a divider. He divides himself from the community in certain aspects and pretends he's in with us at other times. He says he's with us. He says he's like us. He says he believes in the teachings. He says he'll, he'll, he, uh, the Imam Ali says his leader, etc., etc. But he's not in. He says because I don't like this and I don't like that. This doesn't go this way. And I heard this and I heard that. That is not a seraphim. That is a cherubim in black skin. And he can be as confused about whether or not he is a fallen angel as you can be about whether or not you are a rising angel. Inside his body, there's turmoil or legions pulling him in different directions. That is the devil getting the best of him. Because the righteous come in. The righteous are looking at the signs of the time and they come in. They don't waste no time. They're looking at the world, the events of the world, they're looking at the plagues and diseases, and they, they go right in. You understand what I'm saying? If you want to read the Revelation and get a better understanding, the 19th chapter. And after these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Allahumma or hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power under the Lord, our creator, which they say is God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore, which is Babylon, the city that you're in, which did corrupt the earth, the whole world, with her fornication, and has avenged the blood of his servants and her hands being the prophets and the saints that this harlot has destroyed just to prevent the truth. And again, they, meaning the righteous inside heaven, who made it to heaven, which you read the 21st chapter, is referred to as the crystal city, said, Allahumma, or hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. This is all a continuation of the book of Revelation, chapter 18, about the smoke of Babylon. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped Allah that sat on the throne saying, Amen. It's over, meaning. Hallelujah. Okay? And a voice came out of the throne saying, Alhamdulillah. Praise our Creator, Allah. All ye his servants and ye that fear him. Taqwa. That's mustaqim both small and great, be he a king or a servant. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of a mighty thunder, saying, Hallelujah. That was an applause to the righteous who endured to the end, who got the crown of life, who stayed in the tabernacle, will be saying, Hallelujah, that, that it's over. For the Lord... Allah, omnipotent, reigneth. He steps above all ye gods and the Messiah and all of your prophets. Now the whole boundless universe who is Rabbil Alameen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is Malik al He now rules as the omnipotent source over all. Now it says, let us be glad and rejoice. Remember Jesus said rejoice and be exceedingly glad because great is your reward in heaven. Speaking about the people who would be slandered and persecuted and spoke out against false. He said, blessed are the persecuted. Remember that? Blessed were man shall revile thee and say, all manners of evil against thee falsely for my name's sake. Because great is your reward in heaven. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, he says. 
You understand? So it's the people we're talking about on the inside that we have to worry about people reviling and saying all manners of evil against us. They have all kinds of stories about Jama and Allah. It should be an Islamic Hebrew. It tells us to rejoice, to be exceedingly glad. And it follows up on that last day in the, in the seventh uh, verse of the 19th chapter. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And throughout the scriptures, whenever they speak of the marriage of the Lamb, they say it's to the tabernacle of the Most High. They say that it comes down as prepared as a bride, which we'll read as we go on. We'll prove it. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed. That means you were given the right. That's why it says it was granted that you should wear your wife. It was granted that you should be arrayed in fine linen. Many Christian preachers try to imply that this wearing of white is a symbol of your purity. No, it uses the word linen, which is a cloth, a white cloth. This John the Baptist and all the righteous have known for centuries to wear. And now if you go look to Mecca, you see all Muslims come from different parts of the world wearing all kind of flowery colors and stupid costumes. But when they get around Beit Haram in Mecca, around the Kaaba, Allah Ta'ala tells them, be like Nabi Ibrahim al-Hanifan and wear that white, that simple white. But all throughout the Quran it tells us to be like Nabi Ibrahim. But they feel they can wear any color when they're outside of Mecca. No. Allah Ta'ala tells us by Hajj, by the pilgrimage, by the Hajj, that we should be wearing white at all times. And that's a sign of our purity, but it's also the garment of the righteous. Clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. That means we are living in the image and following in the sunnah of all of those prophets who was up until Rasulullah, alayhi salatu wasalam, Muhammad, who was Khatim Ambiya, the seal of all of those prophets. Number nine. And he said unto me, Write, speaking to John, of course, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of Allah. And I fell at his feet to worship him. John, when he heard this, Wanted to fall down and prostrate himself at the feet of the angel, who was Mikael, the one who walks him through the book of Revelation, to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Isa. I am one of your brethren, but Jesus said, I send this angel in, in Revelation chapter 1 to signify my words, you see. And he's telling him, I'm also a testimony because you're speaking in the reign of Jesus' time where John, where the kalima would be completed with the word becoming flesh as Jesus, not as Muhammad at that time. So they would say, La ilaha illallah, Isa Rasulullah. The way we after Muhammad came, say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. So that's why he claimed testimony to Jesus at this point because Muhammad had not yet come. He was speaking about the future world. Worship Allah, though. He made sure he could have the testimony of Jesus. Worship who? Worship Allah. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So the testimony of Jesus is merely a spirit of prophecy. But your worship is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. He alone has no partner. And I saw heaven open. 
and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes was flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vengeance dipped in blood. And his name is called Khalid, Allah, the word of Allah. In the Holy Quran, they teach us that Jesus was called Khalim Allah also. He was still had the word of Allah with him. All right? And the armies which were in heaven, notice that, followed him upon the white horse, clothed in linen, white and clean. Now this is talking about after the thousand year, million, when the 144,000 had been taken up to the crystal city, there to be groomed by the Messiah, Isa Ibn Maryam, who even in Al-Islam we acknowledge, or you acknowledge, would return. You follow? Now the devil had been locked up for a thousand years and let loose on the world, like he does in the book of Job. He let loose on the world a total temptation of all humanity. And at this point, those who had been in heaven for a thousand years, those first resurrectionists, are being ready to come back to wage war against the devil. I feel sorry for you people who don't make the first resurrection. Because when the devil is let loose from the pit on earth, he's going to raise havoc that you've never felt before. And his day is approaching. Fifteen. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he could smite the nation. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treated the wine press. What are we speaking about? He's talking about the judgment that the Messiah and the 144,000 is going to pass upon the world and upon Satan. He's going to judge people by the tongue out of his mouth. The two-edged sword out of his mouth is a cut-up lie like a serpent, a sting. He's going to come forth with truth. The two-edged are backed up by the languages of prophecy, the speaking in tongues and in translation, to make things clear in language. This is the problem we have as teaching al-Islam here in America and trying to resurrect people is they say we, we spend too much time on the word. It's the meaning of words that makes the scriptures clear because they called him the word. So you've got to start with the word, the written word, and through that there you can make things clear. Instead, he's going to judge and rule by a rod of iron. There's going to be a lot of suffering. But they use that same reason, that rod, to calculate the number of the beast and to calculate those who are in the tabernacle from those who have given themselves over to become Gentiles. The wine press is mentioned as being as high as the bridle of a horse in Revelation, which is three feet from the ground, where the blood will run through the street at the height of a bridle. The horse's bridle stands three feet from the ground. The force is the wrath of the Almighty Allah. These 144,000 will come forth with the power of Allah. 
to sting the world. And he had on his vesture and on his thigh the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the reason why they refer to Isa and Maryam as King of Kings and Lord of Lords is because David himself was a Messiah, which is clearly mentioned in Psalms chapter 2. Every time you see the word anointed in the Bible, the word anointed means Messiah, Messiah, or Mesha, or Misha, depending on whether it's Arabic, Aramic, or Hebrew. But they'll translate Messiah into the word anointed when they don't want to mislead people into the truth by accident. But they make you think that anointed is one word and Messiah is the next. Any biblical or Bible dictionary, you look up the word Messiah, they'll translate it anointed. So they had to point out that this final Messiah here was king of kings. His judgment is greater than the book of the kings. So they had prophets who wrote the book called the book of kings. And David taught out of that stuff in the Psalms of Solomon. And they were saying that this one is the king of kings. Because he comes with grace. Grace is nitim or forgiveness. And the Lord of lords, he's over every rabbi that have ever existed. He's the master of all the rabbis. He no longer falls under Kohen. He no longer falls under Levitical law because he was not a Levite. So they had to establish that he was higher than all of them. Okay? And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice saying, to all the fowls that fly in the midst of the heavens, come and gather yourselves together under the supper of the great Lord or the great creator. Why did this happen? Because if we go back to the book of the prophet Noah, and how he was summoned before the judgment of the world of his time to gather all the animals together. Here we're speaking about the judgment again. And remember, the first time the world was going to be judged, it was judged by water. But this time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, it shall be judged by fire. So he called the birds to bear witness. Number 18, that ye may eat of the flesh of the king, and the flesh of the captain, and the flesh of the mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them. And the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. Of course, the next question comes up, what is he talking about? About eating the flesh. Do you people have a Quran in there? If you do, turn your Quran to Surah Al-Fil, which is the Surah of the Elephant. Will someone read it? Okay, this is the 105th Surah of the Quran. It is in the history of the name of Allah, the healer, the merciful. As thou must seen how the Lord dealt with the people of the elephants. For the people of the elephants were Abraha and them who came through Ethiopia, from through Yemen through Ethiopia, to try to take the Kaaba because they knew of the birth of the Prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu And Allah Ta'ala protected the Kaaba this way. He came forth with elephants riding to, to conquer and stomp all the people around the Kaaba 
and put their gods and their idols there. But Allah protected the Kaaba this way. Go ahead. Okay, second verse. Did he not manifest their scheming to destroy the Kaaba? Was given an error, the grave error. And consequently, on them he sent airborne flocks, throwing hot stones from Sijil. By throwing the stones from Sijil, he made their flesh raw, like kernels of quickly consumed corn and chewed hay. That's it. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alam darakayfa fa'ala rabuka bi ashabifin. Alam yaj'al kidahum fi ta'zil. Waraqsala alayhim tayrin abahil. Tarmihim bihijaratin min sijjil. Faj'alahum qasim makul. If you make note that tayrin in the third verse again, could you read it? Consequently, Consequently on them he sent airborne flocks. Tayrim, or the birds. He used, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the birds. This, by the way, is where Al-Hishqaq got his victim concept. He used the birds to attack these people who came out against the Mecca while he was against the followers of Rasulullah This is how he protected them. And he will protect the 144,000 again when he calls the birds. I just want you to see that a lot of biblical quotes match directly to the Quranic meaning. If they just read the Quran, they'd see what they meant. If you ask the average Christian preacher what this is talking about, they wouldn't even know. Ezekiel 38:18 also will speak about it. 19. Again. And I saw the beast and the king of the earth. And their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. So now the beast, the devil himself, had got his army together and they are preparing to war against El Messiah and the 144,000. Notice that this is a replica of that story in the Quran, Surah Tufir, when those horsemen on elephants came to make war against Mecca where Rasulullah Muhammad was born and fell. Number 20, and the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, not prophet, the false prophet, because there will be a flatterer who's going to come in the name of the Messiah and deceive the world, Daniel teaches. A false Christ who's going to rise up and fool the whole world. We call him Messiah as the Jazz. In Islam, many Muslims are going to drop their deen and follow this false prophet. That worked miracles before him. And this false prophet will have the power to perform miracles. Many times people ask me concerning Christian preachers and how do they heal. The devil has the power to heal. The devil was an angel. You can heal in the name of Jesus Christ and be wrong. You can heal in the name of Buddhism and be wrong. With which he deceives them that had received the mark of the beast. His miracles and his falseness as a false Christ is how he's going to deceive people and give them the mark. Now in Al-Islam, Rasulullah Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam, 
throughout the hadith, they keep making mention of, you know, the followers of Masih al-Dijala because they'll have a kafir on their forehead, the letter K. Now, what they have misinterpreted is that they have people looking for a letter K when it doesn't mean that. The letter K is symbolic of the kafir. And when you look at people who are living in the image of the beast, if you look at the Arab world today, and if you look at the president of Egypt, no beard, no tagir, suit, tie, he's dressed like any other Britishman. And the same thing would be Syria, Jordan, Morocco, and even Saudi Arabia, and up until recently, even the Sudan. These people are living in the image of the beast. Therefore, when you see them, you see a cave, you see a cancer. They have the mark of the beast on them. The whole Muslim world is making a transition from following the sunnah of the prophet Muhammad, living the way he had prescribed for us to live, dressing the way he dressed, eating the way he ate, praying the way he prayed, and doing things the way he did it. Now we're following the hadith of men from different parts of the world who are all seeing them to suit their culture. Now there's Muslims dressing like Pakistanians and like Afghanistanians and some Arabs come here and they dress like Americans, put on little silly hats and plaid shirts and, and go to college here at NYU and give up total Sunnah and then call themselves Sunnis and look at an Arab star and say, we're not Muslims. What a joke. It tells you that you can expect to see them with the mark of the beast. And when one of them walks up to you and Arab, I don't care how, what country he's from, he walks up to you, the first thing you ask him, are you a Muslim? I ask him, is he a Muslim? And if he says, yeah, I'm a Muslim, I'm from Egypt, then that don't make you a Muslim. <laughs> Following the way of the Prophet Muhammad, he left two things for you, Quran or Sunnah. Following his way is what makes you a Muslim. And if I look at you from head to toe, and I don't see you dressed in the likes of him, then you're not a Muslim. I don't care what white Arabs told you, how much flattery they give you, so that they can make friends with Christians and Jews. After Allah tells us not to. Christians and Jews don't even understand their own doctrine. They're fighting each other. Holy Quran, chapter 2, verse 114 tells you that. They don't even know what they're talking about. They're fighting, and they both have the same scripture. Or they're disputing about Abraham, and their book came after him. Yet the Muslim world is trying to emulate. All these kings are trying to act like and live like the American world. An average Muslim, you see, if he calls himself a Muslim and he's not in a Sunnah, then you're not a Muslim yet. Then you may be trying to become a Muslim. And I don't care if you're born in Sudan, or born in Egypt, or born in Morocco, or born in Saudi Arabia. If you're not just within the Sunnah, and you haven't found your way to the Sunnah, Rasulullah, don't tell me you're a Sunni. But you're a hypocrite. And then, that worship, his image. Our people now worship his image. Our women straighten their hair, they put them in blue contact. Stop trying to live in his image and put back on your garb of righteousness. And all you people who slid out of your jellabies and sit back into American clothes and plaid caps and checkered shirts, slide right back into the path of righteousness. Because judgment is near. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone, which is another word for sulfur. The 16th. Revelation 13 chapter would also support that. And the remnant was slain 
with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowl were filled with their flesh. 1517 in Revelation, we'll back it up, and 18, as well as 1716 in Revelation, we'll back it up. Those that are left over after the devil and the false prophet is cast in a fire brimstone, saying the 144,000 will destroy you themselves. You will be destroyed also. Those who are the remnant will be slain. You'll be destroyed. When we destroy you, we'll be with the tongue of our mouth. The way the Anasarullah community is coming forth now into the world, and we put everybody on the spot, and we question everybody's teaching, and we make them question their leaders, and their leaders can't answer, so all they do is they don't believe those people. But you cannot stop the truth of the Anasarullah community. And that's what they know. All of Sunni Muslims and the Shia and all the different groups and the Bilalians and anybody that hates our community, they can talk about everything about our morality, about the moral conduct. They can create all kinds of stories on, I heard this and I heard this. I heard he has all these millions of wives and all these millions. They can create all that everything. And you say, forget the man. Okay, he don't count. What about the truth? Let me ask you some questions about the Quran or about the scripture. It can't go. That's what you judge by. Let's read on. Now we move on to number 20. And I saw an angel come down, this is Mikhail, from heaven, having a key of the bottomless pit and great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him a thousand years. Revelation 12, 9. We'll give you another description of Satan. Mikhail comes down after this, after that thousand year period, after this rage war, and he grabs a hold of Satan. The false prophet, remember, is already gone. Now Satan himself is left. What does he do with him? He's going to bound him up again. He bounds him a thousand years and gathers him into the bottomless pit and shuts him up and sets a seal upon you. You see that ring on your finger? It has a six-pointed star and crescent. That ring you wear on your finger with the six-pointed star and crescent is the seal that can bound the devil. You can't get around it. How many of y'all who wear that ring have had a devil walk up to you and say, do you know what that means? Have you know it? Bear witness. White man will see that ring on your finger and say, excuse me, can I see that symbol a minute? And his face will fall apart. He'll go, what does that mean? Is that, is that Islam? Is that Judaism? Ooh, what are you? You say, I'm an Islamic Hebrew. He goes, a what? An Islamic Hebrew. I follow the religion of Abraham. That's not possible. You can't be an Islamic and be a Hebrew. They say, you're right. You can. I can. I am the nation that Father Abraham was talking about. You knew I was coming. You knew I'd come like a thief in the night. You didn't think we were going to tell you you was here. While Honorable Elijah Muhammad was preaching, and while Noah Jalali was preaching, and while Sheikh Dawah was preaching, and while the Sunni Muslims, Ahmadiyya was preaching, we wasn't preaching, we were building. 
We came like a thief in the night. He just looked around, and we were here. When we looked around, the rest of them, they said, I just looked around, and they were gone. <laughs> he just looked around, and we're here. And now he has to contend with this new thing. The doctrine is unstoppable. He knew it. But that seal, you better get your seal and keep it on, because it's your protection against it. Don't let nobody fool you.
and the book will be placed before them, and thou will see the guilty flow. They will be adorned therein with bracelets of gold, and will wear green garments of fine silk and heavy brocade, reclining therein upon rose couches. How great the reward, and how good excellent the place of rest. The call of the guilty there, and addressing these guilty upward things. They're making it clear that they're talking about some type of person or some kind of being. They're not talking about some type of a spirit force. Do the Holy Quran chapter 6 verse 113 says, Go ahead, right there. Thus did we make for every prophet an enemy. The devils from among men and jinn. Where are the devils coming from? According to the Quran. Where are the devils coming from? Amongst the men. Is it just a spirit force or are they human devils and physical devils according to the Holy Quran? The Holy Quran tells us that the prophets are opposed by these devils who are either human beings or jinn. Look at it right there. And thus do we make for every prophet an enemy, the devils from among men and jinn. That's right. It says Nabian. I do it, Shaitan, El Insan, Wajin. The Shaitan is coming from El Insan, Wajin. And if you read the Holy Quran in the beginning, when Rasulullah Muhammad is receiving it, and the angel Gabriel came to him, he told him to read the name of his sister, he used the word El Insan, right there, for human beings. Right? It's Rabbi Surabi Galadi Khalak. Khalak al Insan, Amin Alak. Khalak al Insan, Amin Alak. I created human beings from a thick clot that is separated. Right here, he used the same term in the Holy Quran that this insane and jinn. So shaitan is not just spiritual forces of jinn. Shaitan are also human beings. This is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. I don't know where they get their doctrine from. Read it again. And thus did we make for every prophet an enemy, the devils from among men and jinn. Go ahead and see what it say, though. Some of them suggesting to others, vanish forthward, vanish forthward. They use the Arabic word, yuhi. Some of them inspire others. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Muslims are inspired by jinns to do certain things and by devils in human form coming out of Saudi and Egypt and different places and calling themselves Muslims. They use the word for word wahin, for inspiration. One of the ways that Rasulullah received the Holy Scriptures. The devil is using the same method to betray us. Go ahead, read it. Uh, some of them suggesting to others varnish falsehood to deceive them. And this is what they did. These men come here and they take and varnish over the truth with falsehood. They cover all these hadith and all these things that are taking us away from the Holy Scriptures. When you start talking to them and say, please go to the Holy Quran, they say what the hadith says or the Sahaba says. He said, please take me to the Holy Quran. Well, in the hadith it says, they're taking and painting over the laws of Allah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us in the last Revelation of the Quran now. The last revelation now is Surah Nas. The word Nas is another form of El Insan again. This is talking to you people. He said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Qul, a'udhu bi Nas. Say this to them, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A'udhu bi Nas. That they are to seek all of the protection. By way of the Rabbanah, the sustainer of Elinsan, who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he calls himself Malikinah. He calls himself the ruler of all human beings. Then he says he is Ilahinah. He is that which created all human beings. Then he tells you from whom we should seek refuge. He says, Minshir, from the wicked. Minshir, what? 
whisperer, and he gives a name, Elkanah, the rejected or despised one. But the whispering one, the whispers, what does he do? He comes and he suggests his thought. He pale out, put in people's minds, don't listen to Imam Isa, don't listen to Louis Farrakhan, don't listen to this one. And then they take it, they change the truth. They find it, you know, where my father just, oh, you don't have to wear a bed, you don't have to wear a veil, you don't have to do this. But they got so bad that they tell you, someone can go to Hajj for you. You can go to Mecca and be there, and some other person can perform the right for you, for some of because you don't speak the language and it's still qualified. If someone can perform the rites of Hajj for you, then someone can perform your Salat for you and give Zakat for you. But they belong in the same Khamsa Shahadati. These people are painted over this time for Hell Islam. The creator of the people. From the whispering Khanah. Allah, you watch me. Then he repeats it. Who? Allah, you watch me. This one, he whispers the Sudori into your chest. He gets right inside of your chest. And then what? With the Dori and Nab. Minel, Jinati, Wenab. The same thing you just read. Hear it again. Minel, Jinati, Wenab. 6.113 is separating the man and the jinn. And here in the Holy Quran, in the last revelation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is leaving us with a warning to watch out for men that are dead. Come and propagate El Islam. But have vanished over the truth. They don't want to follow Mila Ibrahim. You say Mila Ibrahim, you know what they say? Shall we follow a fool's followers? They call the people of the Torah fools. The Quran says they're going to say that. Literally it says, when you go to them and say, have faith, amana billahi. Have the faith of those who are before you. They say, should we believe what fools believe in? Then Allah says, now they are the fools, but they don't even know it. Because they have led people off the Surah Al-Mustaqeen. I just want to cover one more point, which is in Surah Al-Fatiha, so you understand Malik and why he calls himself Malik and Nas, and why Nas is the last chapter in the Holy Quran today, and he used it. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. He says right here, Maliki Yom Al-Din. He calls himself Malik Al-Nas in the last chapter, and in the first one he calls himself what? Maliki Yom Al-Din. That he is going to be the master or the ruler on that day when people are judged. And most people are falling victim to the devil because they don't recognize him. They think the devil is, they don't think the devil as a man, they see the devil as some kind of a force. They see him as some wicked spirit. You go and tell them, the white man, the devil, you know what they say? So listen to the Ansars, they're just racist. They don't know what they're talking about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wouldn't create a human being as a devil. The Holy Quran says over and over again that he is the devil. Turn the Holy Quran to the second chapter, to the 14th verse. Wa Amanu qalu amana wa idha what? Qalu illa shaytani heen. What's that? Shaytani heena. What is that? The word shaytan, single. They have shayatini plural. Now how can there be more than one devil? Read your English. And when it is said to those, have faith, they say what? We have faith also. We do have faith. <laughs> Go ahead. And when they are left alone with their physical devils. Plurally. When they're left with their devils, plurally. They say to them, surely we are with you. 
and we are only ridiculing them. Where they say, all we were doing to you people was mocking, making fun of you. But it says Allah Allah, he criticizes them and leaves them blindly running on if you read number 15. What is it that these people fear? What is it that they are turning away from? I'll show you right in the same chapter. Holy Quran 2, 130. What are they so afraid of? They're afraid of this simple practice. وَمَنْ يَرْغَبُ عَنْ مِلَىٰ إِبْرَهِيمِ إِلَىٰ مَنْ تَفَيْهِ نَفْسَهُ Now what is that? And as for those who reject or forsake مِلَىٰ إِبْرَهِيمِ The religion of Abraham What are they? They're nothing إِلَىٰ مَنْ تَفَيْهِ Nothing but fools. And they're speaking about their whole spirit or نَفْسَهُ But they don't know it. Read what it says in English. And as for him who turned away, rejecting the law and the religion of Ibrahim, وسلم, he makes a fool of himself. And indeed, we have chosen him, Ibrahim, in this physical world, and verily in the last day, forever. He is of the perfectionist. And was Abraham a Muslim? The next yes. verse tells you he was. You ain't got to say yes. Let the Quran say yes, he was a Muslim. When his sustain is said to him, Ibrahim, surrendering in peace. Tremble that did shake kingdoms. 
They're speaking about the devil. And what terminology they say? Is this the what? Is this the man is that made those who tremble? Now turn to Second Thessalonians. And that's 2-3. Let no man deceive you by any means that for that for that day shall not come except there come a fall, falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the that, son of perdition. That what of sin? The man of sin be the revealed. The man of sin. The son of perdition. That's the devil again. Now when they want to speak of the devil as being a fallen angel, go to Job 1, the 6, I'll tell you about him there. Go to Second uh, Corinthians 11, 14. Go to Revelation 9, 11, and go to Matthew 25, 41. And all of these will tell you about how he fell from grace, how Satan was a fallen angel. I have the one in Job. Let me read the one in Job. Please. Now there was a day when the sons of Allah came to present themselves before the sustainer, and Satan came also among them. So therefore he was amongst the angels at this point, correct? No. So he did have a spiritual being. He can personify like angels, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, he sent the angel Gabriel to Mary as a and as a human being. So the angel Gabriel is light at times, nor men Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while in sign at times. And he comes out as a human being at times with a body, a basharat. This is what Allah teaches us. He sent him as a man. And the sustainer said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the sustainer and said, From going to and fro in the earth. Where does Satan roam? From to and fro in the how earth. How did he get there? Revelation chapter 12 will tell you how he got there. He was cast down out of heaven, and he was no place found for anymore. People would think the devil is roaming around from the spiritual world. You better read Revelation uh, chapter 12, verse 7. Read it. 12, 7. Start at 6 and come down. Okay. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of Allah, that they should see her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, and prevailed not, neither place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth. And also in Matthew twenty-five forty-one. They're going to speak about the devil. They're going to speak about him being cursed. And they're going to speak about him having angels being cast down again. And this is in Matthew, one of Jesus' disciples. Read it. Then shall you say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepare for the devil and his angels. And so the devil does have angels. And his angels, according to the book of Revelation, Chapter 12, verse 7, was cast out of heaven. So he was once a spiritual being who was cast down to earth. Satan was in the garden. Let's go to different titles of Satan. What is he called? Ephesians 2, 2 has some of his names. John 14, 30. Ephesians 6, 12. John 8, 44. All these are different names of Satan. Can I ask you another question? Sure, go ahead. Um... When Eve was um, conceived by the snake, can the devil transform, transform himself to a snake, or was he speaking through the snake? The devil can transform himself into a snake if he wanted to. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the devil being a deceiver in the scriptures, he's not talking about a serpent. He doesn't use the word shaitan there. He uses the word higher, a living thing. All right, but the Christians turned that into the serpent because of the statement that's found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent, that's not the word for snake, though. A living thing was the most subtle. And
And then the city removes his legs, and on his belly shall he go all the days of his life. So people associate him with a snake. But obviously, if the Almighty had to remove Satan's legs, then he wasn't a snake. You see that? When he got cursed, it says he removed his legs, and on his belly shall he go all the days of his life. You don't have any snakes with legs. Now, scripturally, they say the serpent of the scriptures was a reptile and did have legs because snakes today have hips. But the present-day snake would not be identified with this in any kind of way. And the religion that they're following back there was Hinduism. And the Hindus to this very day still worship the cobra. It's one of their symbols, the snake. So was it a snake that Eve was deceived by, or...? Read it. It says, now the serpent was more stubborn than any beast of the field. First of all, a snake is not a beast, it's a reptile. And it doesn't roam the fields, said, which the Lord of law had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has the Lord said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, the Lord has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For the Lord does know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Snakes don't talk either. So they're using a symbol in the scripture to represent evil. You understand what I'm saying? So the answer to your question is the devil can take any form he wants. He can come as a friend, he can come as a teacher, he can come as a hobby, he can come as a desire, he can come as a college grant, he can come as a student loan, he can come as many things. He has the power to take on many forms, but he has incarnated in the form of a man. Next question is. Okay. This gentleman, this guy has been asking about a white man being a devil. The question still hasn't been answered. He's been answering saying, yes, it's a human being, but he's asking about the white man. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me answer it for you then. Okay. All right. Turn your books to Leviticus so we can find out. Uh, we can go to chapter 14 first and then go back to chapter 13 so we can see his complexion, the color of his skin, the color of his hair, and the color of his eyes. <laughs> Okay, we're in the 33rd verse, 14th chapter of the book of Leviticus. And the Lord spoke unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, that's the 33rd verse, now we're in 34. When ye be coming to the land of Canaan, which I give to you for possession, and I put the plague of leprosy in the house of the land of your possession. Now, any verse from 13 <laughs> will just about explain. First, we're establishing here that we're talking about a people called Canaanites. And that these people received a specific curse. And now we want to find out what kind of curse did the Almighty put on these people. And that's why we're in the book of Leviticus, the book of the law. The word Leviticus comes from the word Levi, or Levitical law. And these are laws given to the prophet Moses for the children of Israel. Right? Now, we go to the 13th chapter of Leviticus. We're going to find a whole lot of places where they speak about the color of their hair and everything. And they're going to call it that old leprosy. Leviticus 13, 9th verse. When the plague of leprosy is in a man, then he shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall see him. And behold, if the rising be white in the skin, they have turned to hair white, and there be quick raw flesh in the rising, it is an old leprosy in the skin of his flesh. And the priest shall pronounce him unclean. If we want to see his blonde hair, let's go to 1330. And it says blonde, thin hair, so they don't mean black people who have the disease of leprosy, whose hair stays thick, even if they have white hair from that disease, lipoma, this is, they say thin. Then the priest shall see the plague, and, behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be it a yellow thin hair, 
Then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry scowl, even a leprosy upon the head of his beard. Go to 36 of the same chapter. He's going to speak about blonde hair again. Then the priest shall look on him, and behold, if the scar be spread in the skin, the priest shall not seek for the yellow hair. He is unclean. If you went to the Holy Quran, the 20th chapter, the 102nd verse, we're going to talk about the color of his eyes. Now, so far, we got several things established the color of his skin, the color of his hair, and now let's get the color of his eyes. And then I'm going to show you who the family of the righteous is by color in the Song of Solomon. Okay. 20th chapter of Quran, 102nd ayah, verse. On the day when the trumpet shall be blown, and we will gather the guilty blue eyes on that day. So we discovered that this tribe of Canaan has got a curse put on them, and the curse resulted in several things. One, reading all of the benefits you find in their various degrees of leprosy and disease, which resulted in their skin being bleached white, as well as their hair being blonde and thin, as well as the eyes being blue. Now, if we go to Genesis, 9.25, we'll find out that this is right after the flood, and the family of North has just assembled themselves, because everybody's up until that time was all one race, one family, because they got the names of father and son straight on down. And it does tell us that Adam was created in dust of the ground. We know that even historians or anthropologists today are saying that Adam and Eve were black. They're no longer disputing that they came out of Sudan and Africa and that they were black. So if Adam and Eve was originally black, then up until Noah's time, everybody on the earth had to be black. But now where did the white race come from? That's the point. And how they become so devilish is another thing. Now in here in Genesis chapter 9, verse 25, that James Tannin, who we spoke about in Leviticus as having the curse of leprosy, is mentioned as getting a curse. Go ahead. And he said, Curse be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. Now, even before Canaan was born, the Almighty Creator in chapter 9, verse 18, mentions to know about his son, that one of his sons is going to be the father of Canaan, before the incident took place. Read it. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. Now, why didn't they mention Japheth's sons and Shem's sons? They only mentioned one son, and that was the son, Canaan, and they said he was from Ham. Then later on in the same chapter, we go back down to chapter 9, verse 22. Okay. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. Here they think about the incident that Ham did before Canaan was born in Genesis, but they add Canaan's name. Go ahead. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah woke from his wine, and knew what his youngest son had done unto him. Which was Ham, his youngest son. And he said, Cursed be Canaan. Why did he curse Canaan and not Ham? He should have cursed Ham. Ham violated. But he put the curse here on Canaan, and said, A servant of servants shall he be unto his brother. Right? No. And he did what to the other two sons? Okay, and he said, Blessed be the Lord of Allah of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. So he blessed one side of the family, Shem, and cursed another side. The same thing that happened like in Genesis. One side, the Semitic people, we know as a historical fact, the white man tells you they migrated into Africa. We know that the Hamite people and the Kushite people migrated into Africa. We know historically that the Mesomites are the ancient Egyptians called Mithra, and they're in Africa. So if those seeds that were blessed went to Africa, then the seed that was cursed went somewhere else. They became known as the Canaanites, so the complexion of the devil, according to the Bible, who was cursed since the foundation of the world was white skin in Leviticus, blue eyes in the Quran, blonde hair in Leviticus, coming out of the tribes of Canaan. And Canaan had many sons. And if you trace 
Levites, the Archites, the Jebusites, you can trace them, you'll find that they roam throughout the world, and they're the ones that oppose the children of Israel throughout their sojourning. Now go to Psalms of Solomon. Before I let you have the mic, just one more thing. Psalms of Solomon, find out what the side that was blessed looked like. That's the one five Yes. I am black but comely, O ye daughters of Jerusalem. What color does he make these people? Black. These are black people here. This is Solomon's people in Jerusalem, where the book was revealed in 1020 BCE. They called them black, and he identified them with a specific tribe of people. Who was that tribe of people he identified them with? As the tent of Kedah. Who's the tribe of Kedah? Feet of Ishmael from Abraham. That's right. Hey, on Ishmael's son, which you can find throughout Genesis 15, 16, and 17. And I'll tell you about his son, through Hagar, who gave birth to Ishmael. And Ishmael gave birth to a second son named Peter. And Hagar came from Egypt, so that we know that Egyptians are black. So that means the Mesolamites, the Cushites, the Hamites, and the Shemites were all black people who had migrated over into Africa from Asia. So the white folks on the planet Earth are the cursed seed of Canaan, and we are the black seed. The Bible points out the complexion. The Bible points out the hair and the texture. The Bible points out the curse. When the Mormons said it about black people for centuries, it was okay. The Mormons were saying the same thing I'm saying, only they wasn't using no scriptural facts. They were saying the curse is on black people, and we got big lips because when we found out we had a curse, we stuck our lips out, our, our head napped up. Oh, but the, read the Mormon doctrine. They were saying it about us. But now the truth is in. I've ever heard, even Minister Farrakhan, Imam Issa teaches the importance of doing for self, just like Elijah taught us. Imam Isa also has his followers dressing in the garb of the prophets, like the Quran says. I used to call myself a black Israelite Jew, because I thought I was from the tribe of Levi. Nobody could tell me different. And I finally read one of El Imam Isa's books, and I found out that the Israelites never called themselves Jews, that they were all destroyed, except for the tribes of Judah and Dan. But in the Old Testament, the books of Moses, it does speak about Muhammad. And thanks to El Imam Isa, I now know that I'm an Israelite, and that we should follow all of the scriptures. And now let us return to our broadcast. Okay, okay. Now you said about the blonde hair and the blue eyes. All white people don't have all that. That's right, because they told Abraham, do not mix your seed with the Canaanites. The children of Israel mix their blood in with these tribes. You today are mixing your not you personally, but black people today are born in the village, seeking out these people and marrying and mixing and destroying our genes. The Holy Quran teaches us that Allah made us into tribes and he made us into families that we may out We may know all about each other. He never intended us to mix our seeds. If he did, he wouldn't have made people in various hues and colors. He made us in various hues and colors he intended for us to mix. We mix our seeds with them. They spend fortunes trying to make white women attractive to black men so we'll go integrate with them so they can absorb from us. One of their white brothers made a big mistake on television just this week. He admitted that y'all are superior. That's why they're on his case, not for what he said. What they're mad about is the fact that he said that y'all are superior. He said white people will never be able to match black classically. That's why the whites are mad at him. That's why he got fired, because he didn't say nothing. He said the truth. Black men have stronger legs because they were bred to be slaves. White men cannot compete. White people got mad about that. You understand? The white man makes his own mistakes. He said we're superior. 
Now, blacks are going to try to make us equal when the white man himself is saying black is superior. You're going to find Negroes get up and say, no, there's no difference between whites and blacks. How can we play better than that? We pop better than we run faster. We jump higher than that. We sing better than we dance better than we move better than we sit better than them. And we care about each other more than they do. What am I going to tell me two animals are the same when one animal is out killing people, destroying people, spreading diseases, and while other animals is being killed, being destroyed, and getting that disease? And then you're going to say they're the same? You can put a panther with a tiger, a tiger will whip a panther to death. Go for them a cat. Only the panther's black. He may stand something like three feet off the ground, a tiger stands almost like four feet off the ground. The white man is like a, a leopard. In the Bible, they describe him like a leopard in Revelation. We're like a panther, black and beautiful. If you think you can beat the white man, you're fooling yourself. Go ahead. Okay. And about the veils with the Muslim women, why is that necessary from Adam and Eve? Let's go back and find out, did it come from Muslim women, first of all? And Genesis says that it didn't come from us. Refer to Genesis chapter 24, verse 65. Genesis says it comes from the Jews or the Israelites, and Jesus got his teaching from the Israelites, so it came from y'all, not us. The thing is that the veil came out of the charge of Judah. The word Jude is where they got the land Judea. The land Judea is where they got the word Jews. The veil did not come from Islam. Stop blaming it on us. These are laws that you people had, not us. Hirams did not come from us. Your Adam, Abraham had three wives. Solomon had 200 wives. Stop trying to make the prophet Muhammad responsible for some of your sins. These are things that you Christians and you Jews came up, and only because we obey the scriptures more than you do we follow them. You all just refuse to follow them. We do. So in your Bible, the veil comes from you. A harem, many wives, polygamy comes from you, not from us. You understand? And people are blaming us for your own they were saying, why do Muslims have so many wives? Why do Muslim women have to cover their faces? These are not Muslim laws. These are Hebraic laws. These are Judaic laws. These are Christian laws. And we want to ask y'all, why did y'all get us into this mess and get our women wearing the veils and get us with all of these wives and then turn on us and ask us why we do it? That's the question it should be asked. Y'all got us to it and then y'all turn on us and ask us why we do it. We got it from you. <laughs> Okay. We consider ourselves followers of Abraham. She got us mixed up with the Sunni Muslims. We consider ourselves Islamic Hebrews. We follow all the scriptures. We do. That's why we wouldn't wear the veil. We don't wear the veil because it's enjoined in the Quran only. We wear the veil because it's the law of Abraham all the way down. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, why don't you wear a veil if you follow the law of the scriptures? Well... <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, because it didn't come from us. I watched that program with Donna you the other day. You remember that? Did y'all see that program? I loved it. It was talking about the veil. Couldn't do nothing about it. They had a, a selected audience, a selected panel. The devil was so true. He had it all picked up. Had some radical movements, <laughs> jumping up and down, acting crazy. Got to call to think and ask questions. They never let you through. They never let it in. I had no choice but to sit there and tolerate the devil manipulating us and pulling that same old game. Hello. That's my first time here. I want to ask you a question about where does the white man comes from? I mean, I read, I, I looked in, in, on Channel 13, uh, there was a, 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 a thing about the evolution of man, where man comes from the apes. But I know as a people that we will come from Allah. 
uh, alameda's from black mud. So white man did come from an <laughs> That's what I. That's what I'm. No problem. I got no problem. He did. He is an ape. We're not. You know what he makes a mistake, brother? He says that they were cavemen, right? Yeah, we're not from caves. Let me make that clear. Then he said that you came from a monkey, correct? Yes. I asked them to show me what monkey lives in caves. Monkeys don't live in caves. Where they get that from? And they be elaborating on this in the university like it's something heavy. You know, a man came from the ape. You know, he was a caveman. So now, wait a minute. If you was an ape, then you lived in a tree. If you was a caveman, you lived in a cave. Now, he is a monkey who lives in a cave. However, they also are monkeys who live in trees. You understand? Yeah. When he came down out of the tree, he went into the cave. This don't have nothing to do with us. The only part we played on this is we were watching them. <laughs> but we the one who taught them. That's right. Abraham went up into the mountains and taught them. Because an ape could not walk unless you saw someone walking. That's right. We taught them everything they knew. We civilized them. Don't let anyone call you civilized. That's an insult. When a white man says the black man is civilized, he's insulting you. Because that means in order for you to be civilized, you must have been a barbaric or a savage, and you've been made civil. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. We are not civilized. We are civilizers. Is the difference. Uh, you, me you mentioned that when uh, a bride should come to a groom, she should come in purity, meaning that she is a, a virgin. What about the man? Well, how is it that uh, a man can have multiple wives? First of all, the problems. A man doesn't have virginity because a man doesn't have a hymen that can be broken. The reason why virginity is ascribed to women and not men in the scriptures is because a woman has a hymen. Okay. All right, yeah, Paul. Well, what so, does that have to do with purity? I beg your pardon? What does that have to do with purity? Because the word they use in the scriptures in your translations for uh, virginity you will find in the 31st Proverbs, who Lamuel is getting instructed by his mother, and they made purity and virginity synonymous. When in reality, purification, tahara, in the scriptures, has nothing to do with virginity whatsoever. It has to do with the breaking of the hymen. That is bad translation that has done that. And as far as making polygamy lawful, polygamy is made lawful in the books of Leviticus when it speaks about a woman being unclean for seven days when she is on her menstruation. A man has one wife and he follows the books of Leviticus and while that woman becomes unclean for seven days, he has no one to cook or clean or take care of him. Thus, in Genesis, the prophet Abraham had what they referred to as a maidservant whose name was Hagar, who came from Egypt. And then when he found out that his wife, Sarah, was barren and couldn't have children, he went in unto this maidservant and made her his wife, Ishmael, and gave birth to the son, Ishmael. The scripture by the laws are telling man that it is necessary to be polygamous. Now, in the Western world society, or in a community like our own, where we have certain laws set up, where women are provided for, the men are provided for, if your wife is unclean, someone else does the cooking, then it doesn't become necessary. But in any other society of this 
Islamic or Judaic or true Christian practices, polygamy would be necessary. The Christians have no point of view whatsoever on marriage and divorce because the man who they ascribe to, Jesus the Messiah, never got married and didn't lay down laws for marriage, divorce, polygamy, cleanliness, etc. Because he spoke predominantly a spiritual doctrine, not a physical doctrine, assuming that his followers were followers of Moses, like he said in the book of St. John. The law came from Moses, but grace and truth came from him. So he assumed that they were following the laws of Moses, and in following the laws of Moses would be subject to follow the book of Leviticus, which has the law on polygamy in it. And he called them followers of Abraham, and being followers of Abraham, Abraham himself, as you know, had three wives, Sarah, Hagar, and Ketorah. So Therefore, Jesus expected his followers to follow Moses Abraham. Moses had two wives, Abraham had three wives, and Solomon had 200 wives. So what happens in the Western world is people tend to ascribe or attribute polygamy to Islam, and that's not true. Polygamy did not start with the Muslim world, nor did harem, and nor did you know, multiple wives, living here, all that, and, all, and the veil, the women of the faith veil. I'm really trying to find the woman's place. Okay, the woman's place is in the 31st Proverbs in the Bible. If you read the 31st Proverbs, you'll get the whole story of a woman's place right there. Now, if you want to take the time to read it, it will tell you about the woman's place. As far as her dress code, you'll find it all the way from Genesis 38, where Rebecca has to pull her face veil over her face when she sees Isaac coming in the field. This is way before, thousands of years before the birth of our Prophet Muhammad Wasallam, and what people are calling Islam today. And same thing applies to polygamy or more than one wife. This goes back to Abraham, who was at the Genesis thousands of years before Muhammad. So, the laws of face covering, the laws on polygamy, more than one wife, are not founded in the Islamic religion, as they call it today. It is founded in the Torah or an ancient Judaic and Hebraic teachings of which Jesus subscribed to. Okay? So, tell us. again, virginity is not based on washing. Virginity is based on a woman's hymen. The Almighty did not make mistakes. If he did, he wouldn't have saw Abraham as a man qualified to go down to the land of Sodom as a symbol of righteousness. You see, he chose Abraham to go down to the land of Sodom as a symbol of righteousness after Abraham had already had a second wife named Hagar and a son. So the Almighty who chose him did not see anything about his polygamous system as unrighteous because he still commanded Abraham to be a prophet after that, as well as Moses. Okay? Okay. Yes, you know, Mr. Just asked my question. I, I was wanted to ask you about the kind of woman about how how she, how she became healed. And I know that all the white people is the devil. How can the devil be healed? Who healed her? The white woman. Jesus. No, who healed her? Do you did Jesus heal? No, he didn't. So if you look at Matthew, you talking about Matthew chapter fifteen, right? Yeah. Jesus didn't heal that woman, the woman healed herself. Jesus would not touch that woman. How can the devil be healed? Huh? Because they're talking about an insanity and a possession of demons. In the Quran, they think about the devil in two different forms. One is that he's a man, and one is that he's a jinn. So they can not only be a wicked person, they can go off and start becoming serial killers and massacre Don't you see the rash of demonology on television now? Oh, what you're saying, you just cool down. No, the devil is, as a demon force can be exercised out of a white person. That will not stop them from being wicked by nature. Watch what the woman says. My daughter is what? 
grievously vexed with the devil. Vexed means angry. She's acting unruly. So you got some white people that walk around and they say, good evening. That's a certain kind of devil. He says, all black people are not bad. There are some intelligent black people. I have a friend that's black. He's not a troublemaker. <laughs> no, it's not true that all black people are drug addicts. All black people are not on welfare. No, some of them are trying to be good Americans. <laughs> all these all these tricky statements. Then you got the other ones that said, burn the niggas. Burn all the niggas. And the Puerto Ricans with them. Burn the, and add in the Chinese. Burn everybody who's not blocked. Get them all. That's another kind of demon. There are certain demons that are uncontrollable and certain ones that walk up to you and pretend they're your friend. With Adam in the, in the garden and Eden. The serpent went not to Adam, but to Eve. Why was that? How can we go to Adam? And is that pertaining to today in this world's life when the devil deals with the black man, he might go around to his women? That's right. It's very close. Same thing. You know why he wouldn't go to Adam? Huh? Because Adam had been informed. And who was it that the Almighty was speaking to when he told him not to go pay the tree? Adam was the one the Almighty spoke to from the beginning of Genesis. Mm -hmm. Not to Eve. The devil knew that he can go to the woman and get her quicker than he can get out of her. Just like the devil knows now, if he keeps giving black women jobs, making more money than you, that she will castrate you. He knows this. He's raising our woman up above us in every walk of the business. Are there more male groups out or more female groups now? More female. More male vocalists or more females? Female. What are all the clothes catering to now? Female. What are all the jobs opening up for now? Female. You see what he's doing? Yeah. He is taking Eve again, and he is deceiving Eve by giving her the wealth. And she will deliver Adam. He knows if he gets the woman, she'll deliver Adam. Black women will run out marrying white men. Because white men have the money. They say, he'll take care of me. He'll take care of my kids. He'll see that my kids go to college. He'll see they have a future. Yeah, but that's only because the white man took everything from you. If you had it, you would have did the same thing. She can't see it that way. She has to see for tomorrow. That's all part of the devil's plan. So right now, he has a woman in front of the tree again, and he's doing it all over again. Okay, and um, we're to 144,000 in the Crystal City in the year 2000. What will be happening while they're in Crystal City? What will be going on on Earth at that time? Or will there be an Earth? Yes, there'll be an Earth. And that's what they call in the book in Revelation Tribulation Period. That's what they're talking about when they say... Number nine, and the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven upon the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. That's the incident we talked about, Revelation chapter nine. There's that same angel with that same power, all right? Mm -hmm. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air was darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Remember, John is way back 2,000 years ago. This is the year 96 of the 2,000 years. And he's in prison and he's seeing a vision. In his vision, he sees an angel and a star. This star hits the earth and a gust of smoke comes out of the earth. He's looking at a bomb. He doesn't know what a bomb is. There was no bombs in his time. There was no airplanes in his time. There was no armies that he knew of in his time, other than armies that fought by chariots because he saw the Romans fight. All right? So watch how he goes on. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given the power of scorpions of the earth have power. 
He's, he's looking after the smoke, and his big thing is the earth, which he calls the star, which calls the big gust of smoke from the bottom of the pit, which they all thought that hell was in the center of the earth back then. He said, now he sees locusts. What is unique about these locusts? It'll tell you. It says, and it was commanded them. These locusts were being commanded. Locusts do not get commanded. Locusts fly out of instinct, like any other insect. They was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither the green thing, neither any tree, but only men that have not the seal of Allah in their foreheads. You see that? These locusts were set forth and given a command to destroy everybody on earth, not the trees. We're talking about a neutron bomb. A bomb that does not destroy houses and trees, but only living things. Only human beings and animals and things like that is what he's talking about. He didn't know what a neutron bomb was. They didn't even have it back in, in the early 1914 when the Jehovah's Witness in the Seven-Day Adventist was being founded, so you won't find an understanding of it in any of their books. Because they didn't wait until the prophecy was fulfilled. Everybody launched forth with these new churches of lies. Where are we? Chapter 4, verse 4. 4. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of Allah. Only those men who are not Abdullah. And don't think because a person calls themselves a Muslim that they have the seal. They don't. They have a seal on their heart. They are someone bookman omen, they're deaf, dumb, and blind. They are the ones that are perpetrators of the most confusion in Islam, the so-called Arab world, because they don't want to read all the scriptures. They don't want to dress in the white house. They want to live by the wrong laws. Watch them. They are the devil's children also. Says, and to them it was given, meaning the locusts, that they should not kill them, but that they should torment five months. That's the radiation fallout. And that torment was as a torment of a scorpion when it strikes the man. You know about a scorpion. Mm-hmm. When he strikes the man, the man goes into convulsions, he gets boils, he sweats, and he eventually dies. Just like radiation. But John did not know what radiation was, remember. He had explained things as he understood them. And in those days shall man seek death and shall not find it. He was telling us that that was future. In those days, not now. In those days, men are going to seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. When that bomb strikes on earth, now these actually what happens while the 144,000 are with the Lamb, under that on earth, this is happening. Armageddon is breaking loose. World wars are breaking loose. While they're being prepared to come forth and untangle all that mess. Number seven, and the shape of the locusts, and this is a cue that these are not regular locusts, and the shape of the locusts were like unto horses prepared for battle. These locusts do not fly in formation. You understand that? Okay. These hair locusts were flying like horses prepared to battle. They were lined up and flying in formation like jets. He's going to make it even clearer that he's talking about jets. It says, and on their heads were the crowns like gold. He saw the light of the sun reflecting off their metal. And their faces were the faces of men. Because when you look at a plane in the front, it looks like it has two eyes and a mouth. Uh, he didn't know what he was looking at. And they had hair, like the hair of women. And they had teeth, and their teeth were the teeth of lions because the tiger fighters used to draw faces with teeth on their planes. Okay, yeah. okay. But he saw this. He's looking at this sword. He's flying at metal arms. They were flying in formation. They were sending out things upon the earth. And he was 
big mouth. When locusts came down, was the end of all your crops. So locusts was like the devil in the east. Number nine. And they had, here's the key, they had breastplates as it were of iron. That meant as it were, meant he was in doubt. Of iron. He saw locusts with breastplates on. No, he saw airplanes. The breastplates are iron. He's looking up and seeing metal locusts flying in formation, spitting out fire. You see that? And all this happened after a bomb hit the earth. This is the world war that's about to come right now. This was written before it happened. Where are we? No, no. It, it, uh, the sound of the winds was as the sound of chariots and many horses running into battle. And when he heard the sounds of the wings of these locusts, they weren't like the buzzing sound of locusts. They sounded like the noise of chariots, which were engines of planes, like the plane they call wings, or the concourse that makes so much noise they don't even want it to land. John didn't know what they were. He heard them sound like the reels of a chariot running. And you know what that sounds like? The engines of a plane. And they had tails like the scorpions. And there were things in their tails. And their flower was for certain men five months. As you check radiation fallout in five months. They saw things coming from, they saw these planes. You ever see the back of a plane, this thing is sticking up? Yeah. That's what they saw with the tail of a scorpion. They didn't know what that was. But and they had a king over them. Now these scorpions had a king. Come on. And who was the king that's over him? Which is the angel of the bottom of the space. Who was the angel of the bottom of the space? Eblis, who was the angel who was cast out of heaven, who battled against Michael. And he's the angel of the bottomless pit. He blessed Satan, the dragon, the beast, which I read before. He was the one who was ruling over these locusts. They will give you names for him, whose name in Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. Abba means father of doom, Abaddon. And Apollyon means the source of destruction in Greek. They give you two names, Hebrew and Greek. That means that this book of Revelation was not revealed in Hebrew and Greek. Because if it was, then they wouldn't have to translate from Hebrew and Greek. You understand? If the book was in Hebrew and Greek, why am I giving you references to the two languages? Yeah, right. It must have been in another language, which is Arabic. Go ahead. One war was passed, and behold, there come two wars more hereafter. We had the First World War, the Second World War, and now we're getting ready to go into the what? The Third World. He says... Two of them are gone, y'all got one more coming, and that's the war of the worlds. And y'all getting ready for that right now. Y'all not getting ready for it. Why it is, that's why they're snatching that money out the stock market now. And it's going to get way out of hand. And the out of countries are going to suffer because they're doing it to see it because they don't read the scriptures, they don't see the prophecies. They're going to suffer. They're going to go through famines and die because they're not smart to see where to be. You know the best place to be when that happens? Tabernacle the most high. Right, right in America. You have been listening to The True Light, sponsored by The Original Tales of Kedar, located at 717 Bushwick Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. You are also invited to attend the Questions and Answers class every Sunday from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the Hall of Knowledge at 548 Park Street in Brooklyn, New York. And now, more profound than ever before, the Pampas of Peace, Offered by the Master Teacher and Spiritual Guide, S.I.S. Elimama Issa and Hadi Elimati, covering such topics as who's who on the planet Earth, the resurrection, who was Nobu Drew Ali, who was Jesus' father, who was Marcus Garvey, St. Paul, disciple of the fever, and much, much more. 
also to aid in your spiritual growth, we have a beautifully crafted hand-woven prayer rug designed by Esayat al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. We also have a large assortment of prayer beads, Nubian and Sufi oils, and incense. The original tense of Kidar would like for you to write or call us and let us know how the true light has changed your life. Remember, above all things, truth is truth.
By the time we get to the 14th chapter, it starts to talk about the, the lamb, as they call him, the lamb, the gentle one, and 144,000 and how they would rise. And it goes through all of that, the new song that they would sing, which is the Quran itself, and how they'd be redeemed from the earth, and how they would be of men, of human beings, which is going all down through Revelation 14. In 14, certain angels who blew trumpets and certain angels who were angels of death. They call another angel in 18, another angel in 17, another angel. Then, after establishing who these seven angels are in the 14th chapter, which represents the end plague and the end of the world, then they go on in 15th chapter and say, and I saw another symbol or sign in the heavens, great and marvelous, seven angelic beings. Having seven last plagues. That means these are the seven last plagues before the end of the world. Does this sound familiar? Sure it does. It takes you right back to Moses and Exodus. And when Moses went into Egypt to try to get the Israelites out for the last chance, after he had warned them and spoke to them and preached to them and performed miracles, then his last chance was seven last plagues that was cast down on Israel, which made the Pharaoh eventually do what? Let, your children Let my people go. That's what Moses said. And the white man today do not want to let you go. He's enjoying persecuting you. All right. In this 15th chapter, these seven angels are the same seven angels that represented the plague that came to Moses. When you get down to, are you or are you not going to let my people go? Minister Farrakhan was talking about that recently, about the fall of America. Uncle Elijah Muhammad spoke about it. The Holy Quran runs off a whole bunch of chapters, Zilzal, Qariya, Ariyat, a whole bunch of chapters in there to end of the last juice that deal with the plague of the world, the earthquakes, the cracking of the planet, the turning of a thunder, all types of things. These seven angels represent the seven last plagues and judgments on this new city. Why? Because it takes you from 15, but that's one of the shortest chapters in the book of Revelation, right into 16, and then 16 takes you to 17, which establishes the power of the beast when they're released, and 18, the fall of Babylon. Again, the seven angels symbolize the seven last plagues before the end of the world, the seven wraths of the Most High. And I saw, as it were, a sea, right? of glass mingled with fire. We talk about judgment, hell, like looking through that crystal city like in the book of uh, Revelation in the beginning. And them that had gotten what? The victory over the beast. They already conquered over the beast. We're coming to the end of the world. And over his image. They don't look like him, dress like him. They're back in their white robes again. They no longer live in the image of the beast. No more jelly girls. And over his mark. He no longer live by his monetary system, because his mark has to do with his money, like he mentioned in 13. Anybody that don't have his mark will not be able to buy and sell. So that mark has to do with money, living under his money. We're going to have to break that, because remember, his money gets its worth from our country. He gets his worth for his dollar from Africa. The gold, the platinum, the silver, the diamonds is coming from our country. We will no longer be under that. Go ahead. And over the number of his name. That's the 666. He had his time. 666 symbolizes his birthday. And let me go right through it, right quick. June 6th of 1966 in the Dakota House on 72nd Street 
in Manhattan across from Central Park, directly facing Cleopatra's needle. They perform a necromancy, which is a resurrection of the devil, right up in Manhattan on 72nd Street, and Satan was released from Haiti, from the pit, right then, after being tied. That was June 6th of 1966. Now, that may sound crazy until I start giving you some crazy coincidences. Now, here's one of them. They gave you all a fleet of movies in that period of time. Those movies were such as The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, The Omen 2, The Demon Seed, The Exorcist, Exorcist 2, Exorcist 3. They ran through a whole bunch of things, The Devil's Reign. Now, in these movies, they gave themselves away. The war that broke out, which is called a six-day war in Israel, around June 6th, right? They negotiated it at a place called Camp what? David. Now, you go back and watch that Omen movie, you're going to find out that Damien is in a camp called Camp David. Coincidence? Maybe. They say that he was born of a jackal. Correct? Right. Now, and the husband of the woman that gave birth to him was an ambassador who came from England to America and was shot while in the Catholic Church in the back of the head. And according to the movie, the woman gave birth by way of a jackal. Coincidence. The woman lost the baby and they replaced it with the demon seed. The Pope came here and gave a big speech in the Yankee Stadium on June 6th of 1966. Remember the word coincident means two incidents. First you get one incident, the second is a coincidence. Anything over co is no longer a coincidence. All this is a coincidence now, right? Now, in that picture, the omen, they show you that once that president was shot, that a man was at the graveyard, and he took the responsibility for the little boy, Damien. Then he was sent to Belgium, where he resides today. Coincidence that the computer, IBM, happened to come out of Belgium. And the master computer is called IBM 3666. And it's being programmed by somebody they won't tell the world who it is. And in his programming, he has managed from June 6th of 1966 to engage every continent in the world is in war. And every government is seeing financial fall away. And there's been a plague of new diseases and new drugs and all forms of pornography and degradation and evil since June 6th of 1966. Coincidence. Now, write IBM on the board, clear. And I want people to tell me, anyone who saw the movie 2001 Space Odyssey, I want y'all to see something. Because in that movie, the computer took over. Do y'all remember that? Yes. The computer took over. Now, watch when you write IBM, what comes before it? What comes before I? H. What comes before B? H. What comes before? L. How? How happened to be the same name of the computer that took over in the movie 2001 Space Odyssey? They said, how? Why are you doing this to us, how? How happens to be an Arabic word meaning I can do it. You understand? Now, all of these are coincidences. Let me go back over them. It's a coincidence that the movie Omen was about a man who was a politician who was a Catholic. He got shot in the head while trying to stab the devil boy, right, in the church. Coincidence. Then his wife's name is Jackie, and Jackal and Jacqueline is the same. Coincidence. They have to live up on 72nd Street in the Dakota House, which is a known St. Tonic building. Coincidence. The 
both happened to come in on June 6th of 1966, which would be 6666. Coincidence. And the Revelation 13 tells us the number of men. Since then, there's been a rash of satanic movies. One after another. Every year, in fact, three or four times a year, there's some new movie about the devil and how he wins. Coincidence. Somebody is being educated. Then there's a rash after 66 of satanic murders. Satanic cults. You notice something about your satanic murders and satanic cults? You hear about any black ones? No. Why? Why is there no black satanic cults and uh, mutilations of animals and mutilations of bodies? Why? How come? Black people follow everything else the white man says. How come they ain't following down that path? I'm not talking racism. I'm talking common sense here. This is for real. Now, if you want to call the movie The Omen and the movie The Exodus and the movie where did, where did they start the Exodus at? In Syria. Right? They started with the Azan, the call to prayer. And a Catholic preacher comes all the way from an Islamic country, which don't even make sense, all the way back to America to try to exercise the devil out of this little girl. What's her name? Reagan. What's her name? Reagan. What? Can you say that one more time? Reagan. Now, that's a heck of a coincidence, huh? Now, think about that. And the funny thing about it is, did the Christian preacher succeed in getting the devil out of Reagan? No. no, the devil threw him through a window and went on and possessed somebody else. You understand? Now, if you want to call all of these movies and all of these incidents coincidence, that's solely your prerogative. But I'm telling you, the devil is in the flesh. He came up out of the pit on June 6th of 1966, and the whole world is in danger. Not just white, black, Italian, Jew, Polish, Irish. The world is in danger. White who don't know that the devil's on earth is, is doing just as bad as you. You better believe it. Because they don't know. Don't think all white people know. All of them know they're the devil and they got a big conspiracy. They don't know. They find out gradually that what their people did is not normal. And they start saying, our ancestors did some treacherous and some cold-hearted things. Now, you want to take all these equations about the devil and call them a coincidence, that's your business. Now, let me ask you another question. What color was Damien, white or black? White. What color was Rosemary, white or black? White. Rosemary's baby? White. I mean, what does he have to do to tell you who he is? Tell me one movie where they depict the black man as a devil, except for Bill Cosby. And they did that and then made him the biggest black person you ever know. They gave him a movie first where they depicted him as a devil in a comedy. And then after that, he became the number one black example. He had the best program, the top rating, the best. You call that a, you think that's, you think it's a coincidence? When they say, uh, senior hall got to go up television because he's too black? How can a person black be too black? I've seen some black people. I've traveled around the world. I've been to Africa, and I've seen some black people, and they're not too black for me. How can a man like a senior hall be too black? I could see if they were looking at somebody with dreads, with a, you know, with some African culture, with an akbar or food on, sit up there with, you know, with, I can understand him saying, no, he looks too black. But I can understand a guy sitting up there with jerry curls, eyeliner on, that's too black? That's too buckwheat, you mean? And they're worried about a senior hall, pull that man off television, and got some of the blandest people up there. Why? I'll tell you why. Because you like the program. Because he made you laugh. Because you watched it. A senior hall had a good program, it was funny. And the ratings were shooting up too high. You know Ben Bereen did what they call blackface? Ben Bereen, brother. 
What are you doing to us in 88? Here we take all this time to live there. We fought up to the 60s and lost. We had a riot in the 60s. We lost. I wonder why we keep losing. You know why? Because we were very successful in the 60s in writing poetry. We just aren't no fighters, man. Stop fooling yourself. You be punching somebody and be trying to figure out how to stop. You ever engage in a fight with somebody and hope somebody break it up? When y'all got ready to get into a fight, y'all was ready. I'm going to duke him. I'm going to stop him. I'm going to nail him. I'm going to do this to him. I'm going to on the way to the fight. Your friends are scared. You want yeah. I'm going to do this. Get in the fight. You be mad at your friends because they don't break it up. That's how you are. You're not no killer. You're not a killer. You're not violent. You've been pushed in the corner. If you put a mice into the corner, he'll attack you. You've been pushed, and now you're acting crazy. You can argue. Now, black person can give you a telephone fight. They get you on telephone. They could you out. So if you're talking about meet me somewhere, I'll meet you. I'll be there. Just the opposite. Ten miles this way, black person go ten miles the other. You know that. Don't fool yourself. You're not no fighter. Don't be sucked into it by no revolutionary movement, marching around the street, and get your head bashed in. It ain't worth it. Do it the other way. You understand? If I tell you the other way, you'll know what it is. Anybody who don't understand the other way nowadays is crazy. Okay. One more question I want to ask you. Uh, what is faith? The word faith in Arabic means iman. It means having facts beyond any doubt. It does not mean believing in something you cannot prove. It means believing in something that you know has already been proven, a fact. Not just don't say I have faith and it's blind. No such thing. Faith is when you put your trust in something because it has been proven. You follow? How do you uh, change faith? By looking up at night, take your mate. You have a mate? Yes. Take your mate and go to the mountain. And when it's dark, look up at the stars and realize how insignificant you are as an individual. You understand? In the daytime, just sit down on the grass and watch an ant hill. And watch a bunch of little ants moving. And then see how significant you are, on the other hand. And place yourself somewhere between insignificant and very significant. And you have step one to faith. You understand what I mean? Yes. Okay. Asalaamu Alaikum. I have a question. Um, how does Islam relate to... Um, or contrast or compare with the Egyptian quote-unquote mystery system and traditional African beliefs like in Shango and the other... Okay. When they use the word Shango, remember, Shango is just one of the deities on the Arishi who was once a human being. When you go back to Iliiti and Oyo, you come back to Odudua. Remember the name Odudua? Odudua is the founder of the Yoruba temple, and Odudua is from the Yoruba language, from the Arabic for Wadud. Odudua and Wadudu is the same. Wadud means the loving. The Yoruba people were originally Arabs who migrated to Africa from Egypt because they were idol worshippers when Muhammad came on the scene. When Muhammad then destroyed the idols, a lot of those Arabs did not just stop worshipping. They took their ancestral worship and moved deeper into Africa. You understand? So when you get to Shango, Obatala, Yemeya, Ogun, and many of the deities of the African Orishi, you're talking about human beings who died and did great things the same way me and you talk about Malcolm X, Dr. Martin Luther King, Martin Darby, etc., etc., etc. 
If you come across a brother who's deep into reggae and you say Bob Marley, he almost sees Bob Marley as a deity in a subtle kind of way because of the inspiration, the knowledge, and the feeling that Bob Marley portrayed on him. And some people feel that way about James Brown. All right? So a lot of deity worship has come out of ancestral worship, which has come out of admiration for individuals. So the African faith does extend right into El Islam because people in Africa were exposed to Tawheed, the oneness. Let me go back to Egypt now. When you get to Unkin Unten, not put Unk Aman, because it's Atin and Aman. Atin was a deity for Mushrik, many gods, and Aman was uh, vice versa. Atin was one, and Aman was many. Okay? Unkin Unten, or Unkin Atin, was one who said he acknowledges that with the Unk, the key to get to the other side, to eternal life, you'll be met by one deity. Where when they say Amen, you say Unkin Amen, you'd be saying with the key of life, when I open the door to the other world, I will meet many deities. How did this happen is the question. When you go back to the Torah and get it into the Hebrew language, what happens is in the beginning they keep using the word Elohim, and then they say Yahweh Elohim. In the beginning was Elohim. The last two letters, him in Hebrew, is pluralization, just like Allahumma. The home means more than one. So they're saying Elohim, Allah, and hope, and his heavenly host, which created a pluralization in the word Elohim, of which Jesus was a part of, why they say he was in the beginning, before Abraham, because a part of the Elohim, okay? When you bring it to a single, you get Allah or Elohim. When in Hebrew they stopped using the name Elohim because the pluralization confused people, they started referring to him as O-He-Who-Is. So they said Yahuwah, which became known as Yahuwah, which became known as Jehovah. So therefore, some ancient descendants held on to the Elohim doctrine and still believe in the combination of the Heavenly Father and all of his angels, which is what we call the Arishi. When you say Obatala, you're really going Oba in Yoruba, Father, the Allah, the Most High, Arabic, the Most High Father, Obatala. You see what I'm saying? It all stems back to the ancient Torah when they got confused between Elohim and Elohim, or Allahumma and Allah, when he's classified as a we, which includes him and all of his angels and creative forces, as opposed to as a he, which is the source or the essence of all creation. So, Shango, Obatala, Ogun, Yemeya, and all our ancestors were nothing but our ancestors who we still respect but should not worship. You follow that? We should respect them the same way Christians go to a grave and sex by putting flowers down, and Jews go to a grave and they put a stone on the gravestone to represent they were there. That is the same thing as going before Shango and them. And in our religion, we would put fruit out and such. Then later, when it got into South America and they combined it with Christianity, we started having saints, this saint that, and it became another whole kind of practice. And then they had good and bad. Some were righteous and some became evil, so you get witchcraft out of that, invoking evil spirits to do your bidding as opposed to righteous or just respecting your dead. Okay? And Rasulullah Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, told us, don't go to graveyards and put things down and, you know, cry and weep because that's a form of ancestral worship. Give all that adoration to the Heavenly Father. 
All right, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, I hope I helped you. This is another thing also. They talk about the, in the mystery system, the ten bodily fetters and the system of, of discipline. Of the discipline in oneself and um, you know, attaining that some of them both. Right, the ten principles they call them. They come from Tai Chi. All right? A Tai Chi is an art of using the Latifa in Arabic. The Latifa is the key point. The key point is one inch below your navel. If you put your hand there, you feel there's a dent there. That's an energy center in the body. All right? Now, in the ancient Hindi practices, they had what they call the seat or the chakras. And these chakras were centered around certain glands, which they say gave off certain uh, electrical impulses, which resulted in aura change and energy. But them seven glands be broken down into two because you had two thyroid glands, you had the pituitary and the penal gland. So instead of having seven, you would end up with two, which they grabbed out of the ancient Egyptian doctrine of the seven seats of power. It man had, which came out of ten principles. So men learned to breathe properly. They would go down to the Nile, and they would have certain type of dances, which later became known as the death dance, because it symbolizes conquering death. And they went down at sunrise at the Nile, and they did these dances, which later on became known as Tai Chi, when the Japanese experienced it, because they traveled. As you know, the Chinese and Japanese were traveling over to Egypt. Everybody knows that. And they brought that over there and developed it. The same way Kung Fu came from Kung Fu Te, which is the name of a man. The violin later on it became an art. Okay? Could you uh, give me something on that would specify who the beast is that, that's spoken up in Revelation and, and all the way back to even the beginning of the Bible? They use different words for beast, first of all. When you read beast, they have living creatures in the language. And it is translated as beast. Some books have went as far as saying dragon, right? And dragon meant demon, a big demon. And the reason why they did that is because they wanted to make a difference between that gender when it's speaking of an animal as opposed to a man. Differentiate. You differentiate between when they speak of an animal and a man. And most of the time in the books of Revelation, when they're speaking about them, they're using a gender that applies to a human being, the way they're describing it. They're using whom and ulaika instead of haulaika, you know, and who are it. They're not using it, they're using he and they as beings for the beast. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it depends on where in the scripture they are and what they're talking about. I have let the physical devil in the community inside the hearts of many black people. So what's the difference? Many black people know the truth and still live a lie. Right. They are just as much of a devil as any white person with white skin. Right. If you know that you're supposed to be in white and you got on black, tell me why you're doing it. All right. So now that would make you equal. Now, if the woman that you're looking at in front of you happens to be white and right. she puts on white before you do, who's uh -huh. holier, you or her? Okay. We ain't answering the question. Who's holier, you or her? Yeah. Okay. So then you answer the question, not me. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> but it's true. Truth is truth. I would let you know how I can help my mother. How I can help my mother's soul and, my, and her spirit for the simple fact that she's living with a devil, so-called you, white, and had a baby wife. By not tormenting her about things you don't understand. Say that again? By not tormenting her about things you don't understand. That's how you can help her. Explain that? Yes. <laughs> if your mother married a Jew right. and has a baby by a Jew, right. and the baby is there, and you know they're already living together, 
right? right? And they consider themselves in love, right? right? All you're doing is making her uncomfortable by presenting her with truth that she doesn't need to hear yet. Set your example right and let her look into your example to find a way. We now have a series of over 90 True Light tapes by popular demand, our master teacher and spiritual guide, Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi, has for your listening pleasure and enlightenment a series of over 90 True Light tapes covering such topics as why use the books of the New Testament? Is Allah's name Jehovah? The 200 fallen angels? Which Jesus do you follow? And much, much more. Also write or ask for a list of the most dynamic books in history, authored by the world-renowned scholar, Sayyid al-Imam Isa al-Hadi al-Mahdi. May Allah protect him. We will now continue with our broadcast. Tell them it don't mean nothing. Burning down a person's house does not mean they won't live. It just means they won't live there. And uh, my aunt is uh, into this Buddhism stuff. And uh, she started, you know, she, she tells me she wants me to get into it because she, she says, you know, she does all these chants and whatnot. She says this, this phrase, Nam Renge Kill or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a vibration, yeah. And, and all kinds of stuff like money, cars, and all kinds of clothes and all kinds of stuff is happening to her. Tell her, is that coming from the most high? In other words, somebody that they worship tells them, if you chant this certain slogan, I'll give you the things of this world. Right. Tell her what we follow is telling us, if we be good, he'll give us the things in the next world. This world spans 80 years. The next world spans boundless time. Tell us, so all the wealth and accumulations of this world will perish. So go on and keep Yamo Rangi Changing all you want. Um, my, my question is, uh, why is it um, important for the um, Nubian women and men here in the West to dress as Muslims? Because nowhere ever in Rasulullah Muhammad's khutbah to his first word has he ever given us an intercession from practicing what all the other prophets did. It said... This day have I completed for you your deed and called it al-Islam. It was completed back in the year 631, because he died in 632, when he got his last revelation. No man can come along with no book after the seal of the prophets came, which was Muhammad, the Ahmed, the Comforter, and the seal of the book, which is the Bayina, the Quran, and come and give us any writings and tell us that it is dominating the Quran like the hadith that the Sunnis live by. I live by the Kalim Allah, or Kalam Allah, the words of Allah. That is the book of his prophets, and not by the books of men who only write them for a prophet. So we dress the way the prophets dress, because we have not got any message from Allah to any new prophet, which would never come, telling us it's all right for us to dress in the image of the beast or in the likeness of the beast, which is what people are doing, living in his image and after his likeness and receiving his mark. We're supposed to live the way Jesus lived, Moses lived, and Muhammad lived, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and don't alter it or update it, because no law or commandment gives us the right to do that. So um, all these uh, uh, advertisements for uh, clothing, uh, tight jeans, uh, tight um, uh, uh, sweaters, you know, uh, make, making the body, you know, um, appear... Uh, um, to everybody is, is not supposed to be done here at all by anyone. You're right. Listen to this. Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. They first got seduced by Satan. And remember the Quran also tells Adam's descendants, be careful because the devil is going to try to seduce you and sway you. And the first thing he's going to do in seduction and swaying is make you take off your garments, take off your robes, all right? 
Now, if you look at Genesis chapter 3, that talks about the first contact that man and woman had with the serpent, the devil, all right? By the time you get to the seventh verse, which is after you already messed us around, it says, and the eyes of them both, meaning Adam and Eve, both of their eyes were open, all right? Yeah. And they knew that they were naked. So what did they do? They are so sick leaves And made? Made aprons. An apron is a short-fitting garment. It's not a full-length garment, right? Yeah. But over...